You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2022 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. And get your favorite drinks delivered today. I'm a talking gopher, here to encourage you to buy insurance. Because you should always listen to the advice of spokes animals. After all, who knows more about protecting... This spokes animal has been interrupted by AAA Insurance for a special offer. Buy a new AAA auto and or home insurance policy to enjoy up to $376 in savings and get a $100 gift card with purchase. With savings like that, AAA doesn't need spokes animals. AAA, outsmart life. The gift card offer is valid on qualifying policies in California only. Visit AAA.com slash promo for terms. This is the Sons of UCF, the number one place for UCF sports. With your distinguished host, Adam. What was your reaction when you got notified that you were going to be a, a Hall of Famer? How does that sound to you? Coach O'Leary Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm in a number of holes. Inducted into a number of Hall of Fame. And Mike. I don't know if you know this, but I won the 5K race that we did. Oh, boy. Now, here are the guys. Hey, hey, we are back. Sons of UCF, episode number 157. My name is Adam. And as always, my good friend and yours, Mr. UCF Mike, back and rested from his uh, undisclosed location vacation. Mike, welcome back, my friend. It is Cow Week, my buddy. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for holding it down on the live show without me. I heard it was a, a ratings bonanza. <laughs> yes. The autograph <laughs> requests are still pouring in from that uh, that show. Uh, good stuff. I tried to tune in, but my uh, internet wasn't working great. I, I think I sent you a message during the show. I don't know if you ever got it. I tried to, to put something in the chat there. It wasn't working, and then I couldn't see anything. So, But it's good to be back. Good to be back for a regular show. This is my favorite week of the year, Thanksgiving week. So I'm pumped up. It's rivalry week again. So let's do it, man. Let's do it. I'm ready for this show. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, do all the particulars off the top here. Make sure you're following everything that we do on social media at Sons of UCF. Everywhere you do social media type things, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, our website, tunatesmedia.com. Mike is at UCF Mike one trace is at sign Pez and trace joins us every Thursday or for this week, Wednesday for our son's UCF live show, which is 8 PM on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you want to leave us one of those fancy five-star review situations, we won't be mad at you for 
for doing that, Mike. And to reward you for all those good things, here's what's in store this evening. We have Cow of the Week. We have Mike's Picks. Hoops went 2-0 this past week. We'll review that. UCF Observations back and might I say, better than ever. And then we'll uh, we'll talk a little UConn and uh, the beatdown that took place last Saturday, Mike. But let's let's throw all that away. I'm going to do a Trace Trelco and just throw the rundown away. And let's just start off the top, obviously. You, you mentioned it. It's Rivalry Week. We are welcoming our neighbors from the uh, the west uh, into the bounce house on Black Friday, 3.30 p.m. It's going to be a chilly one, friend, so, uh, so bundle up accordingly, Mike. But what does Rivalry Week mean to you? How big a deal is this? The cows are 2-9. and nine. They're not any good this year, um, but obviously it's, it's still good to be uh, in position to beat your rival. What kind of week is this for you as a fan? Yeah, this is a huge, huge week. It doesn't matter what your records are. This is the one week where it doesn't matter. If, even the season when we were 0-11 going into that game, if we had won that game, I would have felt good going into the offseason, having beat the Cows. It's a rivalry that the first few years when we played these guys was miserable. We could not get over the hump against them. They dominated us a, a couple times in Tampa and a couple close games in Orlando, heartbreakers that we could have won and didn't. And then we had to sit on it for a few years. To finally beat them was one of the best games ever. And now that we've been on this roll against them, this is, what, five years in a row? Um, uh, we're we we the last four, yeah. So we're four in a row we've won so far. Yeah, this would be number five. So if we win this game, not only do we take over the series lead, we also have the longest winning streak in the series. See, we both had four-game winning streaks against each other. So this is a very big game, a very big week. It's the first time for Gus. He doesn't know what to expect I know he's coming over from the Iron Bowl in Auburn, Alabama is a big deal, but this to us is a big deal. It doesn't have the history of that rivalry, but it's been very intense for the last few years. It really was intense at the beginning too. So yeah. um, very big game in my eyes, even in a season where things didn't go the way we expected them to, we have to win this game. We lose this game, then it changes your whole perspective on the season. Yeah. You, you, I mean, look, seven and four right now, obviously things to your point have not gone as, as we wanted to, but it, it would feel much better at eight and four with a with a um, a solid win over the cows, um, and and certainly you look back on the season at some point and you'll say what if the injuries and what if that stuff, but that that certainly is mitigated if you have a really good game against the cows, Mike. Again, they're coming in struggling. They have fired their defensive coordinator Glenn Spencer. We hardly knew you. Uh, he was uh, he was ousted this week, which is kind of odd, Mike. They really only have one game left. Uh, so it kind of makes you wonder why he had to be um, sort of given up now. My assumption is that's probably one of those deals where Jeff Scott's maybe under some pressure and says, hey, hey, don't I'm going to fix this. I'll get rid of uh, Spencer and we'll be OK. So we don't know who the cows are trotting in as a defensive coordinator. And Mike, it might not matter. They're 120 out of 130 teams in the nation in uh, points a lot per game at 36 points a game. So this defense has not been wonderful on paper. This looks like a, what you would hope to be a pretty easy uh, victory potentially for UCF, but we haven't made a lot of things easy this year. What do you expect coming into this game? Do you have any any level of uh, confidence that this is going to be a curb stomping, or are you still kind of looking at everything going, man, I don't know week to week what UCF team I'm going to get out there? I'm hopeful for a curb stomping, but we've only done that a couple times this year. Uh, this past week against UConn, we did it against Temple. And I guess you want to go back to the Bethune game, you count that one. But when we play the really bad teams under the schedule, we are been capable of doing something like that. You would think the Cows fall into that category, but it's a rivalry game and anything can happen. In 2013, we had one of our best teams ever, and they had a terrible team. I think they only had two wins that year as well. And that was a nail-biter coming down to the very last possession of the game. So I'm not 
going into this game thinking we're going to win by 40. I, I hope that we do. I hope we beat them by even worse than that. But I expect a tight game, at least for a while. And hopefully we pull away in the second half and win this thing comfortably. I'm not expecting a big-time win, though. Well, a lot of it will depend on who's going to be donning the all-black uniforms, which we'll get to in a little bit here, Mike. Uh, we all have been wondering what the hell is going on with Dylan Gabriel. You and I had some uh, Cow of the Week comments uh, about him uh, uh, previous week. Then we heard he was practicing. Then we heard he uh, he wasn't going to play. Then he was out there throwing footballs. Then on his Monday presser, Gus said, quote, Dylan's been sick the last few days. It's going to be hard for him to play on Sat- on Friday, rather. He looked pretty healthy on Saturday from the football round. He looked pretty healthy in the bench, squirting water on Caden Robinson and and goofing around with his teammates. But Gus out there saying he's he's sick uh, and, and he's not going to play. Mike, um, it, it, uh, thoughts? Is that a smokescreen? Is that is that fake? Is that fake news? Is that Gus covering something up about Dylan not wanting to play? Uh, give me your your UCF Mike conspiracy theories on Dylan Gabriel and the mystery illness. I am not buying the sick line for a second, not even a little bit. You mentioned uh, he was sick Sunday and Monday, the two days that we didn't see him. I don't believe it. Now, there's two ways you can go with it. Either Gus is lying to us and he's covering something. Maybe Dylan doesn't want to play or Dylan's thinking about transferring. He knows it. That maybe this is the last we've seen of Dylan Gabriel in a UCF uniform. Or he's lying to the cows and making it seem like he's not going to play so that they're not ready for him. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish we would have seen him against UConn. From what I've heard, he was warming up pregame yes. and he looked good. He looked good, yep. So he's healthy enough to play despite the messages out there on the message boards last week where, what was it, Mark Daniels that came out and said that he's not coming back, right? Yeah. So, um, Well, that was, uh, that was a whole yeah. hullabaloo of in itself. That, so that article allegedly was posted on uh, Sunday. Um, and then Gus came out on Monday and said that Dylan was practicing. So I think Mark was kind of retracting that or trying to say, Hey, I was just, you know, speculating. So that, that got things off to a weird note, but it, from what, uh, Mark Daniels is now saying is that he sort of wrote that on a Sunday without a lot of information. And then Gus said he's practicing Monday. So I, I guess that was much ado about nothing. Or if you want to play conspiracy theory cards, it was, you know, maybe Mark not knowing what the company line was figuring it out after the fact and then kind of, you know, damage control if you really want to go to conspiracy theory, which would be that Dylan isn't playing for UCF anymore. And when this injury first happened, we heard it was, what, six to eight weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Six weeks, I think, put us at the Temple game. That was about four weeks ago. We're on, like, week 10 now. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dylan is healthy enough to play, healthy enough to throw, obviously healthy enough to warm up on the field. And he didn't look sick to us the other day. I don't buy that he's sick. And even if he's sick on a Monday or a Sunday, doesn't mean, I mean, what kind of sickness are we talking about? Unless we're talking about COVID and he's not allowed to play. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be fine by a Friday. Yep. I, I wouldn't rule him out on a Monday afternoon for a Friday game for having a little cold or something. So yeah. I, I don't buy the sick line at all. Now, who's Gus trying to fool? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, that'll be the that'll be the chatter, Mike, leading up to Friday. I think it'll we'll all be kind of waiting around trying to figure out what this is because you're right; those are really the two options. You know, this isn't like the NFL where you have to report your injuries, you have to report your status. College football does not have that rule, so using the quote unquote sick line probably, you know, if you really want to think about someone lying to somebody or being, you know, underhanded, if Gus said, ah, you know, he uh, that that elbow's hurt, and all of a sudden he had no hurt elbow, that that could be misconstrued as as bad sportsmanship. So perhaps the sick line allows you to cover that back and say, oh, he's, he made a miraculous recovery. He's feeling better. 
or to your point, the more nefarious point is Dylan's made it known that he has no intentions to play again this season and wants to kind of see what his options are. And so Gus is just kind of covering up for that. I guess, I guess we'll figure all that out, Mike, if he can't go, Obviously, Mikey Keene probably in line to, to get some more PT. Mikey played good against another bad defense. We've seen that a handful of times this year, so he is starting to at least get a little bit better. We don't yet know about Isaiah Bowser. He was warming up. Um, I guess there was some chatter that he could have gone, but at the last minute decided not to play him, which is probably the smart thing to do. We saw Jalen Robinson out there, although he didn't really get a ton of uh, kind of action. Uh, in this particular game, Matt Lee went out at some point. We didn't really get any word on, on that's just maintenance or I know Matt's had some nagging injuries, Mike. So, uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but the injury bug still a factor as we go into the final game. Do you think all those guys are going to play knowing that after this, you have at least two to three weeks off before any potential bowl game? I mean, guys, if you're injured, you typically don't come back for a bowl game. If anything, they take the bowl game off. Mm -hmm. If you're, uh, ready to play and able to play in a rivalry game. I got to believe you're, you're playing in this, especially a guy like Matt Lee. Uh, that's been a lifetime UCF guy, not uh, a Bowser, uh, kind of a hired gun this year. Maybe doesn't have the same attitude coming into this game. Doesn't know the rivalry as well, but you figure a guy like him, he wants, he wants to put something on tape for the NFL. Any extra games he can put on there. If he can play, I think he's going to play. Yeah. The Dylan Gabriel thing is the mystery. Yeah. Um, but I would say if these guys are healthy, they're playing. And I wouldn't say that they're going to hold them back for another month. Who knows? The bowl game may not be until the end of December. Well, stop me if you've heard this before, but I feel like we were just here. Wasn't it just last year at this time? We were going into the game against the Cows. We were wondering which quarterback was going to play. We were thinking a quarterback was going to play. Then we were hearing a quarterback wasn't going to play. And obviously, uh, Mackenzie Milton is that quarterback. He did not play last year. So it definitely feels like history repeating itself again this year now with uh, with the Dylan Gabriel stuff. Uh, I guess we'll find out pretty quickly, Mike, if he's on the sidelines on you know on Friday. You know, that, that'll, that'll be an interesting sign of, if, he's, if he's dressed out. Is he in street clothes? Um, and I guess we'll, we'll figure all that out at that point. I don't, I mean, the end game, a lot of people are asking the question, is he sitting out to preserve the medical red shirt? I don't, I don't necessarily know that that matters. He's obviously played three games already. He, he can play four games to be able to, uh, qualify for a red shirt. He's never red shirt at UCF. He has the free COVID year. So even though this is his third year in college, technically speaking, this is only his, you know, quote unquote, second year of, uh, of actual, um, uh, counting towards his service time, if you will. And if you red search this year, he'd have three years left. Dylan's not staying in college for three more years. So I don't think this is a ploy for him to say, hey, I want to I want a red shirt so I can preserve three more seasons. I don't think he has any intention of being around, you know, college three more seasons. So I don't know what the end game is, Mike, but uh, it, the conspiracy theories are going to be there. I guess the, the, the hope, the easy one is that, you know, Gus is doing some sandbagging and this has been the plan all along and Dylan's going to be out there slinging the pill on Friday. Um, but I guess we'll have to tune in and find out. Yes. I mean, I hope the kid doesn't transfer. He played some very good games here. He's put, done a lot on the field for us. The one thing he hasn't done is won the big games. So you hope that he comes back, wants to play against the Cows, finish strong in a bowl game. Who knows who we're playing against? If it's a game against Florida State or Miami, or it doesn't really matter. But he should want to come back, finish the season strong, and then come back again for this final year next year well actually he's got two years after that if he wants it so yes um yeah I, I don't i don't buy that he's gonna sit out for an extra year of eligibility either so uh, i'd love to see him out there he certainly looked 
well enough to go over to the Oakley store and drop off gifts and everything for everybody. So <laughs> I'm not buying the sickness line. Well, the cynic uh, would tell you he tape out. he taped that a few days before, right? Like that, that's where this is such an interesting uh, scenario because on one hand you say to yourself, it didn't look sick to me, but on the other hand, we didn't see him Sunday. We didn't see him Monday. We haven't heard anything about it. Um, you know, so it, it's interesting and, and it's not, uh, it's not something that you can visibly see, right? It's not like an ankle or it's got a brace on it or something. So uh, this is interesting uh, how this one will play out. But I guess the cynic would tell you that he did the Oakley stuff the days before. I don't know that to be true, of course, but, I mean, that's, I guess, the excuse you could use on that one if you really wanted to. <laughs> I'm not buying any of it. So he, I hope to see him out there. And if he's warming up, I want to see him play. Yeah. He's, he's healthy enough. His arm should be healthy enough to throw the ball around from all accounts that we've heard so far. Yeah, there's just too much smoke around here right now with the, the Mark Daniels article coming out with Gus's statement the next day. Gus even said, I don't know if he, he let it slip, but he said something to the effect of he's been practicing the last few weeks. Uh, and I don't know if that was just kind of a, you know, just something a coach says or if he's been he's been playing, you know, uh, at practice and throwing the ball around again. He was on the field throwing in front of everybody. So I guess tune in. We don't know anything more than anybody else at this point. Uh, so I guess tune in and keep, you know, figuring out what someone's cousin told someone's milkman who told someone's mailman about what Dylan's status is. Cause it feels like those are the only reports we're going to get Mike. But uh, again, the, this USF team two and nine, uh, is there anybody on this team that scares you? They have a quarterback and Timmy Mc, uh, McLean, true freshman, left-handed kid. Um, not much of a thrower, only 51% completion percentage, five TDs against seven INTs. He's got three rushing touchdowns. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the, the kid who started for, uh, for Memphis against us. Kind of a, uh, a smaller kid, um, uh, you know, uh, still kind of young in his development, Mike. Uh, so he's, he's their main, uh, I guess, going to be their starter. Uh, running back Jared Mangum, he's got 15, I said 15 touchdowns on the year. Uh, anybody on this cow team scare you at all? Anything that you're concerned about when you look at their offense? Well, anytime you have a running quarterback, I'm a little scared. You know, our history with that over the years. Um, to be honest with you, I have not really watched much Cal football this year. Nor should you. Yeah, nor should you. <laughs> those, those names you just brought up, probably I've heard them maybe once or twice before. <laughs> I've heard the names T- Timmy and Jimmy. Timmy I guess and Jimmy. should be scared yeah. of those. Jimmy Horn, wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm not scared of anybody wearing a Cal uniform. As long as we execute the way we should and I'm we're playing at home, mm-hmm. right? We haven't lost a home game all year. Um, I, I'm not scared of the cows. I'm scared of us not playing the way we should. Mm-hmm. If anything. Yeah, I think I saw this debate going on on Twitter. I don't. I don't think the cows will are will will uh, will beat us. But I mean, we've seen some UCF games where things don't go our way. I I think we can lose. But I don't think they can beat us. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I don't think they're better than us. But if we want to give them four turnovers and, you know, and, and fumble seven punts and, you know, throw the ball away, then, yeah, we can certainly lose. But I don't think they, they beat us um, by any stretch. But it's like you said, it's a home game. UCF's obviously played really well at home. It's a natural grass stadium. We know how important that is to our season this year. Uh, senior day, essentially, for a, a class of guys. Uh, who are, are a lot of things up in the air. We still know kind of what some plans are for these guys. Uh, you know, Sam Jackson, Kalia Davis, Bowser, uh, Montalvo. We don't know some of these guys. Cole Schneider, obviously they have extra years, so probably a lot of uh, a lot more stuff to come out about about that, Mike. And UCF, um, you know, new, uh, new uniforms uh, out of nowhere. Like the supply chain shortage it just it evaporated, and a black helmet showed up, and a new night head showed up on it. So blackout. What did you think about the new uniforms? How excited are you about finally having a non-white helmet to wear? <laughs> I don't get as excited as everybody else, but it is cool 
that on Black Friday we were able to wear the black helmets. They tricked me there for a couple seconds on that video that they posted. I think they tricked everybody. They did. And they came out with the white helmet and then switched it to black. Now, did they do what I told them to do and just spray paint the helmets? Did they <laughs> put a, a sticker over the entire helmet, or did they actually get new black helmets? And have they had them here? And now for like the last couple of weeks, they said, you know what? Let's just hold them back to that last week. That's a possibility too. Yeah. So, but it looks good, man. I, I like the look. Uh, it's traditional Black Friday at home against the cows. That's turned into a thing now. Every time we are on full black uniform. So I like it. Fans wear black too. It's going to be a chilly one. So uh, get those black long sleeves out. Mike. new night head logo also uh, released. You were not on the live show. We didn't get your reaction to the new night head logo. Uh, a meaner, more aggressive, a little slimmer uh, night head logo. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I, I like the look. It's growing on me. Uh, the little star there at the bottom. A couple little differences. Overall, it's basically the same. The, the Knights kind of just turned his head looking straight forward instead of like gazing off to the side. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like it. I think it's cool. I think it'll catch on. And it's cool on the helmets. So it looks the same on both sides instead of Nitro looking one way on one side and the other way on the other. Which usually they only put the nitro head on one side and they put the stacked UCF on the other, right? I think we're going nitro head on both sides now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know that I saw the other side. I, I th- you're probably right. I, I don't know. I'd have to look at it again. Um, I don't know if I saw the other side, but you might be right. Yeah, I think I, I think we are putting the, the nitro head on both sides. So uh, you can do that with something that's straight on and doesn't have to be turned. You know, like when they do the American flag on the jersey and sometimes it's backwards on one side of the sleeve because, you know, the the wind is supposed to be blowing it this way or whatever. It looks a little weird. Yeah. So, um, overall, very good look. I like it. It's clean. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to, we're going to need, uh, some new uniforms, Mike. And, uh, and just in time, uh, Terry Mohodger has got his hand in your pocket, my friend. So the, uh, the season ticket information for 2022 was released today, Mike. And, uh, and, and Terry, um, put a little message. There's a little note, uh, with some bullet points, uh, and here I'll sum it up for you. You're paying more money, my friends, obviously season tickets, um, are, uh, are going up a little bit. And, uh, some of the reasons and, and, uh, the release here, essentially that we're going to the big 12 and we need to make some more money and that UCF's tickets would be least expensive in the big 12 is today. And they need to up the pricing, yada, yada, yada. Some people are seeing increases in different sections, Mike, and then parking, um, definitely got uh, tricky in a hurry. Uh, so they're now asking for annual gifts for the parking. Um, probably not to be unexpected, Mike. Uh, obviously, uh, with you know the vision of the new athletics village and the things that they want to do on the athletics campus side of the of the uh, of the stadium and all that stuff, you had to suspect at some point that this would come to pass. And here we are, Mike. UCF season ticket prices going up for 2022. That's right. And next year's home schedule is a very good really home good. schedule. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Let me Louisville. tell you that really quickly. Yeah. Georgia Tech, Louisville. Uh, South Carolina State, Cincinnati, Temple, SMU, Navy um, are your home schedule next year. Right. All four games that we lost this year, we get revenge at home next year. Um, it's a very nice schedule. And then going forward, we're going to be in the Big 12. That's going to be a nice home schedule, too. Instead of playing uh, Tulane and Temple, we're going to be playing Oklahoma State and, and West Virginia. So those are better matchups. You know, draw more people. You understand the price hike. Um, with the better games. Also, this the COVID year, really, they had to take a big loss on that. Some people like me, who just opted to um, transfer my season tickets to this year, I didn't pay anything coming into this past season. <laughs> so I, I rolled my tickets over from the year before. They lost a lot of money that way. 
So I understand the price hike. I'm not going to argue with it. Um, but yeah, it, it was expected. Yeah. Expected to come, and it could have been worse. And you know, and it's still going to be a lot cheaper than uh, season tickets at the really big time schools. I imagine that my seats that I have at our stadium, 50 yard line seats in the cabana, which are really good view. I imagine those seats at Ohio state probably cost four times as much. Yeah. Parking also, uh, I think this is a change from last year, Mike. So gold zone passes will be exclusive to uh, season ticket holders. You're now eligible to receive one parking pass for every five season tickets purchased. And, and that's also based on your contributions to the charge on fund, which I think uh, keep me honest on this. I think that's a change from previous years, right? You know, I have two seats and I got a parking pass and then I, my buddy that has two seats next to me, he gets a parking pass. So we always got two parking passes for our four seats. That was kind of a way around it. Yeah. Um, but they always came with my seats and yeah. there, were, there were gold zone seats. That's not going to change, right? If you're a cabana seat holder, you still get a parking pass. I don't think so. But if I read this correctly, um, th- that's not, that's not going to stay the same. Yeah. Each parking lot requires a minimum annual contribution to the charge on fund in order to qualify. So where you and I park, so we are in D1, D2, um, you'd have to uh, fork over an annual gift of 1200 bucks to be able to park there. Oh, really? If I'm reading this correctly. So uh, I don't know if that's correct because so um, when I went to my invoice, I didn't pay it, but I went to the invoice. I saw that 1200 bucks, but, um, are you telling me I can get rid of that and keep those seats without the parking? I don't think so. Yeah, that I don't know. It says all season ticket members uh, who receive parking during the 2021 season will automatically see the same parking passes on the renewal for 2022. Some accounts will notice the invoice line 2022 football additional donation. This is the additional charge on fund donation required to maintain your current parking. Yeah, I saw there was a spot to put in an additional charge on fund, but it didn't. I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I'm, if they're charging twelve hundred for the parking pass, and I have the option not to take that, I don't think that can be right because then I, I would get my same seat. No, I think parking. No, I, I never use the parking. I think if you go through with the parking, if you click on that invoice, then they would tell you you have to also donate twelve hundred bucks for the parking. I think is that that's how that works. So once you said and yes, I, I want all, this, then I think you'd have to do you'd have to pay more for parking. Yeah, that's all. Well, I think that's their just their way around of selling the actual seats for the price, yeah. like five hundred bucks. But that's how it always was. It was. If you look on your invoice in years past, the ticket of the actual seat was very low. And then they got the rest and they, they claimed it under a donation. Yeah. So maybe this is just another way around it. Basically, my seats last, I, I believe I paid $1,200 for two cabana seats. Uh, now it's going to be seventeen sixty five. So it went up five sixty five for the two seats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pay it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who am I to complain? But pricing going up, obviously, the 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 perils of going to a Power 5 conference means, obviously, figuring out the revenue part. So heads up for those who haven't seen that. Obviously, I'm sure that'll get some publicity. Uh, there are, There's a big drive going right now. Obviously, beating the cows would probably pay a big part of that, Mike. And if you have tickets to the bounce house uh, or if you uh, want to go to the bounce house, if you happen to be in the area on or around January 15th, Mike, you might want to swing in if you're a UCF fan. Uh, news was posted to uh, Teresa Milton's Instagram account that Mackenzie would be having, quote, one last dance in the bounce house. January 15th, the 2022 Hula Bowl will be played. It's being played in Orlando this season because the uh, stadium in Hawaii is under renovation. And it looks like Teresa Milton is indicating Mackenzie is going to play in that game, Mike. So one final time, potentially, you can see Mackenzie Milton in the bounce house. How excited are you? 
That is pretty cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was big news when I saw that. Uh, that place, I believe, will be packed. And the Hula Bowl people are probably the most thrilled about this because, let's face it, if it was just a bunch of college kids that you never heard of from different schools, there'd be a decent crowd, but it, it wouldn't be close to full. Now I'm pretty sure that thing would probably be sold out. I mean, UCF fans will definitely round up and come to that thing. It'll be a tearjerker. It'll be a great time for McKenzie getting to see him out there. And I wonder, I don't know how the hula ball works. I guess they wear it. Is it like the other bowl? You can ask about the helmets, right? That's school? my next question, uh-huh. right? The helmet, yes. <laughs> I think I was looking at some <laughs> old photos of hula bowls, and I think that they they wear their individual school helmet. And now I don't know how old these pictures are, but in the ones that I'm seeing here, uh, a lot of these guys look like they're wearing their school's helmet. Right. Now, if you're McKenzie, I know he probably wants to do the right thing by everybody and whatever, make everybody happy for the state. But at the same time, He's played, what, a couple games for Florida State. He's not going to be remembered as a Seminole. He's always going to be remembered as a Knight. He's coming back home in our stadium. Yeah. I think you got to put a UCF helmet on. Yeah, I, I suspect you do at some point too, right? I, I think I agree with you. He'll want to represent the school that he's he's played at last. He'll I assume he'll have some sort of a UCF thing on. I think the helmet would be a really nice touch. And it depends on how much he's going to play. If he gets like two or three series, right, maybe his last series he comes out with the UCF helmet on or something. Um, or if he wants to play the crowd and he's you know got a pro UCF car in front of him, he comes out in his first series in the UCF helmet. I don't know. Um, so that that was the that was the other note I wrote down is what's he going to do for helmets? Again, these pictures from previous hula bowls, these kids are all wearing their school helmets. So I, I assume that's the drill, which makes sense too because from a concussion protocol standpoint, I think you have to have like the right helmet for you, which could be the only other reason why McKenzie can't wear UCF helmet is if he doesn't have the right size or the right fit or the right specifications. I don't know. Um, so UCF would probably figure that out for him, but you know, our helmet shortage, Mike, we only got the white ones. So we'll, we'll see what we can do for McKenzie, but, uh, January 15th, mark your calendars. Yeah. I mean, put the UCF helmet on. If he wants to do something for Florida state, you put one of those little tomahawk stickers on the bottom corner of it or something, or uh, I don't know, wear some, uh, maroon socks, but you gotta wear the UCF helmet. That's the reason you're coming back to this game where it is. If this game was being played, yeah, in the middle of uh, California somewhere. Uh, I don't. One, I don't think he'd even be playing it. It'd have to be here or the actual Hula Bowl in Hawaii, right? It's just two main options. Yeah, it's really best of both worlds if you think about it for him, right? I mean, going back to Hawaii, playing in the Hula Bowl would have been huge for him, uh, for all the people uh, down on the islands who who uh, who adore him. Uh, and if you can't go there, going back to Orlando, where you've got a, a, just a group of, of fans here at UCF who want to do the same thing. So either way, this was this was always probably going to work out in his favor. And, and obviously glad he's got a chance to play. Um, you know, he's played a little bit this season for Florida State. Obviously hasn't probably had the season that he wanted or that any of us thought. But uh, January 15th, mark your, uh, your calendars down, Mike. And by January 15th, we will know who would have won the college football invitational. Uh, and news tonight, we're recording this on Tuesday. Our typical days are on Monday. So doing this on Tuesday allows me to tell you, Mike, that you probably already know that Cincinnati has broken into the top four, Mike. Everyone's all excited. The first ever group of five teams, Cincinnati, now number four in the college football playoff rankings. And they appear to be uh, at least in the, I guess, have a lot of ability to control their own destiny here. Um, so we'll see, Mike. Uh, thoughts on Cincinnati getting through that, quote unquote, glass ceiling to the four spot. Well, they really had no option this week to put them at four because of the Oregon loss. If Oregon had won, they would not be in the top four. Now, they're doing that for now. Let's not everybody get too crazy. doesn't mean they're going to stay in the top four. Plenty of time for other teams to jump them. 
So let me. I haven't seen this at all. Right now, it's got to be Georgia one, Alabama two, um, Ohio or Ohio State two. Ohio Alabama State two. Yep. Three. Yep. Okay. Alabama three. Then four. Uh, where is Oklahoma State and Oklahoma? Seven for Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, is nine. And um, Notre Dame is what five or six? Notre Dame is six. Michigan is five. Michigan is five. Okay, so the winner of Michigan Ohio State this week, as long as they win the Big Ten championship game, they're getting it, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yep. If Alabama beats Georgia, they're both getting in. There's three. Now they got to watch out for Oklahoma State. They play Oklahoma this week, correct? Yes, Bedlam is this week. Yep. All right. So if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, or Oklahoma only has one loss, correct? If they beat Oklahoma State. I'm telling you, and then they win their championship game, either one of those teams, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them jumps over. And I mean, <laughs> everybody's going to throw their hands in the air and go crazy. I'm not even going to be surprised if they jump Notre Dame over them at some point. <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, good for them for now, but don't get too excited yet, Bearcats. There's still a long way to go. All they need is an ugly game against East Carolina this week, and oh. they're dropping back down to seven. Yeah. Well, yeah, they need an ugly game where they need two teams like a Michigan-Ohio State, like an Alabama-Georgia to play uh, close games. Uh, or they need um, – uh, uh, well, Baylor's actually number eight too, by the way. So ba- Baylor's still somewhere in the mix there. Uh, or, you know, Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State, be- uh, Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, I think that'll be three top 25 wins uh, for OK State. So uh, that's, that's going to be interesting to figure out. Will they take a one-loss Big 12 uh, champ over an undefeated uh, American Conference champ? Uh, a little pre-American uh, Big 12 rivalry uh, kind of coming to fruition on that one. So for those who are excited about these kind of things, I, for one, I'm not, Mike. I don't want Cincinnati in the tournament. I guess I'm one of the old um, uh, just bitter folks, but I don't. Cincinnati getting to the tournament does nothing for me as a UCF fan. I don't know that it helps my recruiting, although people tell me it does. I don't know if it helps pave the way for things because I don't think that's true. Uh, so I'm, I am not of the mind to be losing my mind if Cincinnati is not in there. If they're in there, I'm not, I mean, it's not going to the end of the world for me, but I am not one of those people pulling heavily for Cincinnati to get in that playoff. <laughs> I'm in the same boat with you. I know I'm supposed to be rooting for them. Um, it's supposed to be what's best for our future with the Big 12 and all that. I do. If they get in the playoffs. Well, then I shouldn't I be rooting for Oklahoma right? State too then? I mean, in theory, like they're going to be yeah. our conference mate. So shouldn't I root for one, uh, either one of those? Do I care? I mean. Yeah, or Baylor. Or Baylor, yeah. Maybe we can get two future conference teammates. If Alabama loses to Georgia and they get knocked out, and hey, maybe Oklahoma State and Cincinnati get in. Then we have the best conference in college football, right? Well, it's also a precursor to what I mean. Now we're look, we're all drunk and happy now because we're in the Power Five, and that's great. But you're seeing the precursor to what our new normal will be once we're in the Big Twelve, which is. Now we're debating whether a one-loss Power Five school like an Oklahoma State with you know top twenty-five wins is better than an American Conference school. So imagine us three, four years from now having lost one game and we are going up against I don't know uh, Coastal Carolina and their undefeated season and and they're four and we're five. We're going to lose our minds too. So it's already a precursor of maybe what's to come in the Big Twelve, which is are we going to you know is, is that conference going to get the respect? that we deserve. So we're, I think we're trading one fight for another at some point, but obviously being in that, uh, in that little grouping uh, is advantageous, but it's, it's also a precursor. I think to what's to come for UCF fans. Yeah. And they just need to solve this already. Make it 12 teams, yeah. you know, make the conference champion automatic 
in into the playoff and get rid of all this arguing crap that's not necessary. That's not how sports should be determined. They should be determined on the field, not left up to a room of 12 jackasses to do whatever they think is right. Yeah, you never want 12 jackasses doing anything uh, in, in a room. But those are the playoff r- rankings results. Obviously, a lot, of, a lot of games left to play. Cincinnati still has to get through ECU. And then a, a showdown against Houston, who is going to be their, uh, uh, their American Conference Championship foe. Uh, so we'll see how that works out um, coming up, Mike. But let's just do this really quickly. Uh, UConn, UCF played over the weekend. I don't think anybody really gives a rat's ass about UConn anymore at this point. But a nice, easy, uh, handy win for UCF, obviously. Uh, they come out on top. And uh, uh, all, all things considered, Mike, I mean, it was a really good first half. Third quarter sucked. Uh, and then they, we kind of figured out a way to, to pull it off in the uh, in the fourth quarter. It was pretty clear very quickly that UConn was just not going to be able to compete. Although I give those kids credit. They've gone through a bunch, and they, at least they, they kept fighting and trying hard. Yeah, they're in a weird spot. I felt bad for their head coach who's sitting there coaching the game while the new head coach is just standing like directly behind him. I'm um, just wondering if he's going to have a job there next year. That's got to be awkward as well, Mike. But obviously a lot to like 49-17. UCF now uh, best their record to 7-4. and four. Uh, If you join us each week, we do this thing where we tell you what we liked most about the game, Mike. So let's quickly run through our categories. Uh, we'll each give uh, three different things that, uh, that we want to call out. Mike, I'll let you go first. What do you got? All right, I got a peach for the first quarter of the game. Yep. All around, offense, defense, everybody played fantastic. Probably our best quarter we've played all year. UConn starts off with the ball. They go two yards. It's a three and out. We get the ball right away, march right down the field. Touchdown, Johnny Richardson, 7 nothing. UConn gets the ball back. Very first play, interception. We get the ball again. Three plays, 47 yards, another touchdown. Mikey Keene with a beautiful run. On yes. that drive. Yes. Welcome. He showed us something finally. Finally, we've been asking for that all year. And there he was. He did show some athletic ability on that. Then UConn, another three and out, only going two more yards. We get the ball again. 55 yards, another touchdown, 21 nothing. Mark Anthony Richards scores. UConn finally gets a first down. By the time they get a first down, we're already up 21 nothing. They move the ball a little bit. They punt it and pin us down into our two yard line. So, what does that mean? We have to go 98 yards, which we do on 11 plays. Mikey Keene to Johnny Richardson. The game is over. But this is the exact start you need to have when you're playing a team like this. When you're playing at home as a big-time favorite, you never want to let the other team hang in there. The longer they hang in there, the more trouble it is. This is exactly what we have to do to the Cows this week. Demoralize them early and then just pound on them late. I love the first quarter of this game. This is the exact start we need this week on Friday. Yeah, it was a good start. If you, even if you bring it into another minute and whatever, 30 seconds into the second quarter, we're up 28 nothing by that point, um, 35-7 at halftime. So definitely was a, a good complete effort uh, throughout the first half, Mike. There was a lot of good things to like about that. Um, one of the things I liked about um, this game is a, I'm going to give a peach out. Uh, I'm going to give one to Brandon Johnson. Um, Big Johnson. Yeah, there you go. He, um, he's he been a guy who, uh, look, he had a couple of moments. Obviously, the fumble against Navy comes to mind. Uh, I think he had a bad drop in a game recently. I forget which one it was, but I feel like one hit him smack in the hands and he uh, he dropped to the ground. But he's he's been a solid receiver, Mike. I feel like when we need a catch, I feel like he's the guy we can go to. I feel like he can, uh, you know, you know, as much as Ryan O'Keefe is kind of um, sizzle, I, I think uh, you've got Brandon Johnson, who's just really steady from a receiver perspective. I think Mikey's really needed that as a young quarterback. Against UConn, he had seven for 125 and a touchdown. It included a 49-yard touchdown, Mike. And did you know, fun fact, that Brandon Johnson, outside of Mikey Keene throwing the football, Brandon Johnson actually leads the UCF team in, uh, in touchdowns. He's got 10. 
That's right. I didn't know that because you know that there are only five UCF wide receivers that have more touchdowns him in one season. Uh, and this is Division One era. But Tyson Hinshaw, Brandon Marshall, Doug Gabriel, Traquan Smith, and Gabe Davis. Mm-hmm. That's it. Those are the only guys that have more than 10 touchdowns in one season. And he's got a chance now with the Cal game and the bowl game. He is three away from Hinshaw's 13 all-time single-season record. And this is a bit of a mea culpa because when he came in, um, we all looked at his stats at, at uh, Tennessee, which is ironic. He essentially came from Tennessee before Hypo left. And we looked at his stats and we were like, eh, I don't know. This guy hasn't played a lot. He's had a down couple of years. But he's been a really solid receiver. Uh, he's made plays when, when plays have been needed to may, be made. And I think it's been really helpful for Mikey Keene to have a veteran like Brandon Johnson um, on the on the roster. So a good game against UConn, but really a good season all around. So I'm going to give a peach to, uh, to Brandon Johnson. Yeah, I believe he only had one touchdown in Tennessee in five seasons. I believe so that's correct, yeah. To have 10 this year is fantastic. And he's been a captain since day one. Yep. So it's good for him. He's had a very good season, very dependable and consistent all year, and that's all you can ask. All right, what do you got? Um, another peach, Johnny Richardson. Johnny on the spot. 14 carries, 147 yards with a Johnny touchdown Rockets. on the ground. That's right. And another touchdown through the air, 17-yard catch. He's got, He got the majority of the carries this game, but he's not being overworked. 14 carries is not a huge load. That's good for him. I think it keeps him fresh. You know, 12 to 15 carries, that's right in his zone. When Bowser comes back, I think that makes him even better. Mm. But he really flashed his speed on this day. That touchdown, the first touchdown he scored, he just burst through that line. You know, I know it was only a nine-yard run, but nobody was going to touch him. He could have gone another 90 yards the way he broke through that defense. And then showing good hands on the other touchdown reception. He can be a very big playmaker for mm. us the next couple of years. The one thing that you still scratch your head about is his kick returns. He had one where he should have never even took it out of the end zone. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but very good. Uh, probably his best performance on the ground all year. Efficient, and I'd love to see it. Hopefully this continues, and hopefully we get Bowser back because I think him and Bowser together is a deadly combination. Yeah, that's that's where I was going to go with that. So, one, if he can also just stay on his feet. He's tripped a bunch this year for whatever reason. He's just fallen down. So, if he can figure that part out, that'll be that'll be huge. I think he's he's a really good one-two punch type of running back, right? That thunder-lightning type of concept. We haven't really seen a bunch of it with Bowser. And, and that's where I'd really kind of challenge Gus to say, how do, you, how do you figure out how you use all these guys together? Um, and if it's not Bowser next year, is that is that Mark Anthony Richards, who's kind of a bigger back? Obviously, we, we've seen on you know third and twos. I don't know that it's fair to expect Johnny to blow up the you know the line and and, and lunge forward and get those extra yards. But that's where Bowser comes in. That's where a uh, Mark Anthony Richards comes in. So I think to your point, there's there's certainly a a, a recipe to be able to leverage Johnny's skill set. Um, and you see in spurts when he's had a chance to to play um, and and get uh, consistent carries, Mike. You see what he can do with it. Uh, and he was uh, he was big again this week. Uh, he's also got to catch better too at times. But either way, he was uh, he was big again for UCF this week. Yep, very good game out of him, and he, he made a nice catch on that touchdown. He did. All right, I'm going to give a liberty out um, to Justin Hodges, who is kind of settled into that. Uh, I guess we call it the the night role. I know when uh, T. Will came in, he had the buck which I think is, uh, I said buck, which I think is uh, what Big Cat plays. And then he had the knight, 
previously occupied by one Bryson Armstrong, now being occupied by one Justin Hodges, who was one of the freshman corners who got some time last year. Mike, he's really settled in these last couple of games. He had four tackles on the day. He's uh, This is the second game where he had one of those um, sort of delayed safety blitz sacks on a big play. He had a, a big sack on third down the third quarter. Uh, which uh, which you know kept UConn um, from getting any momentum. He had a really nice interception uh, earlier in the game as well, where uh, he had pretty good coverage. This was in the right spot. The ball hit him in the chest, and he caught it. Um, he's consistently played it better and better as the weeks have gone on. He had a rough tackling game against uh, SMU, but you know, raise your hand if you didn't have a rough tackling game against SMU. So uh, I think the kid's been playing better. He's, I think he's, you know, uh, once he got to that role, Mike, and, and the defense kind of switched around. And again, I keep saying this, and I don't mean it as a knock to Eric Gilliard, but once you moved Bryson Armstrong back to t- uh, linebacker, and then you kind of opened up the secondary, I think that defense has really kind of taken off. And Justin Hodges has made some big plays. So while certainly not perfect in the game, certainly not perfect on the season, I'll give him a liberty. Uh, nice big sack, nice INT, and uh, he's played really solid of late. Yeah, the interception was a very nice play out of him. Uh, Barber, I think, got the pressure up the middle, but very good catch, and he's been a lot better. He's been a lot better. Last year, he struggled a lot, and this year, he's been pretty good. So I love. I always wanted this kid to do well because he's from down here. And yeah. He's from Weston. Yep. It's very close to from where I was from, so I've been rooting for him the whole time. And, you know, he's going to continue to get better in the next couple of years. You're going to really see him grow and become a leader on this defense. Who's our best uh, secondary uh, member? Who's our best player on the back end, in your opinion? Oof. Uh, you want to say Bullard? Uh, yeah, I might go Devonte Brown. You don't hear his name much, Mike, but I don't. I feel like no one even throws to his side. And every week, I'm like, ah, I guess he didn't play that much. And you look up the amount of snaps, and he's playing like every freaking snap. And I feel like he's not even tested over there. We barely even call his name. Um, you barely even notice him on the field. I don't know if that just means he's just got great coverage over there and other teams don't want to test him, but um, it's one of those things. If you're a, uh, if you're a cornerback and we don't know your name, it actually might be a good thing. I feel like Devonte Brown, we never hear him making any plays. We never see him getting beat. Um, so maybe he's our best secondary player. I don't know. I got to watch closer this week against the cows to see that, but you never hear anything about Devonte Brown. You never hear him getting burnt. You never see him making a bad play. So um, I, he didn't do anything in this game to give him a, a, a an award category, but uh, I guess I'll give an honorable mention because I feel like he's been holding it down on that side of the field all year long. Get Stephen Ulmer on the phone. He breaks down the film. Oh, you might want to tune in tomorrow night then, Mike, to the Sons of UCF Live. You never know who will show up. Oh, I didn't even know about this. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you, you know, you go, you go vacationing and, you know, we just acquire new members of the team apparently. So is he bringing the telestrator with him? How are we doing this? We, he was Breaking on this past out. week. I don't know if you saw the show. He was on this past week. He tried to show some plays live. Uh, obviously, you know our setup. It's a little challenging to do that. So we're going to try something different this week. So uh, he's going to have some plays to break down. Tune in. I don't know which plays he's going to highlight at this point yet, but uh, maybe maybe we can get a uh, Devontae Brown request out of Stephen Ulmer. All right. Sounds good, man. Right. Are, you gonna, are you going to tune in? Are you going to be there? I'm going to have to. All right. There you go. <laughs> all right what's your all last right. category the last one something not good no it's a hawaii Ooh. and i i basically went this way last week too i said the, the fans overall but this time i'm calling out the student section mm. in particular where were these guys where were you people um i know it's uconn i know it's a game where you really don't care but who cares those are the, when you're a student those are the best games you just go there at a party right you go to have fun you, go, you didn't even have to stand in a three-hour line to get in. Just go tailgate, hang out in the dorms, whatever you do, and walk into the game. 
should have been a great time. It should have been packed. It, it's a nice kickoff time, right? It's not too hot. It's not too late. It's not, you can still go out after the game. There's no excuse why the, the whole upper section of the student section under the big scoreboard was completely empty. I saw a picture of at the end of the first quarter, and there was nobody in that section. Um, and this week now, kids are going home for Thanksgiving. Are these kids going to come back? There's, how many students we have? Like 70,000? So there's no excuse. We should be able to fill up these student sections. I know we have one of the largest student sections in the country. We use both end zones. But let's go. This is a rivalry game. Go home, eat your turkey, and get back <laughs> get up to Orlando yeah. and be at this game. You got all morning to get back up there. Um, I expect the student section to be rocking because the rest of the crowd feeds off the student section. Mm -hmm. and, and the students, when they're not into it, then the rest of the crowd's not into it. But they, when they're balancing and getting loud, it hypes everybody else up. So yeah. I'm hopeful that this week is a packed student section on both ends. Yeah, I mean, obviously UConn, probably not the most attractive draw, but to your point, a game's a game. If you can get in and go with your friends, have a good time, that's always cool. This weekend, though, also no excuse, because if you stay, you can go watch Oklahoma play in Addition Financial Arena on Saturday for basketball. So you can have a nice double dip if you get that turkey, get back in the car, get yourself back up to campus. You have a nice double dip sports weekend if you're a student there pack both those student sections and yeah, I have a feeling for the cows game. It, it will, uh, it'll be different Mike, but it's always tricky that the black Friday stuff, because you know, it's, uh, it's obviously after Thanksgiving, but you look back at some of those more memorable games. I think about that 2017 game, every seat in that place was packed. So uh, obviously the, the records were different that year, but uh, hopefully we see a good turnout uh, because it did definitely looked a little sparse uh, on the, uh, on the television. Mike, I'm going to yeah, give my last, I know you're, well, okay. I know your parents are going to be on your case. You got to get back. You got to stay home. Uh, Bring mom days. and dad with you. Just tell, look, yeah, you could do that. Or you just say, I'm going to be back in two weeks. The semester's going to be over. I'll be here for a month. You'll be sick of me by the end of that. Yeah. So it's just a couple of days and you'll be back. Bring mom and dad with you. Have them drop you off at the game. Maybe get them some tickets too. Don't sit with them, obviously, because. They're probably going to want to be, you know, near adult people. But, you know, bring them, um, if they haven't been to a game and they miss family weekend, you know, bring them, bring your parents, bring your kid, bring whoever you got to bring. Uh, but obviously the energy needs to be there for the cows. Uh, it's uh, last one of the season, senior nights, the cows. I mean, there's no excuse. None. Yeah. No excuse. Yeah. No excuse. All right, Mike, my last category. I'm going to give this guy a peach. And, and for no other reason than the fact that if I was this guy, I mean, I, I don't know where I would have been at from uh, how his season has gone, Mike. Mr. Parker Navarro, I'm going to give a peach out. His game against uh, UConn was was fair. Three runs, 41 yards, and a really nice touchdown, Mike. He, uh, he kind of made a cut. He reached the ball over. Looked pretty smooth doing that. Also picked up a pretty big fourth down uh, run for us. He had a 32-yard run in the third quarter. Um, and here's a guy who obviously came in to play quarterback. We have not yet seen him use his arm in any meaningful way. He was on the punt team again this week. I saw him in one of the uh, one of the fair catches. Uh, he was on uh, he was on punt coverage, uh, and uh, we I saw him earlier on kickoff coverage. I mean, this kid could have easily said, "Hey, Gus, you know what, man? I'm a quarterback. I'm not doing this nonsense. I'm out of here." He stuck throughout the season, and look at that. We had opportunities that we needed him. He came in and scored a touchdown against SMU. Obviously, he scored a nice touchdown against UConn. Made some big runs, and uh, he, he's he's got some he's got some wheels, Mike. He's got some moves. Again, we have yet to see him actually make his right arm go into forward motion. So who knows what that looks like? But I'll give the kid credit because if I was a quarterback and I was like, wait, I'm playing on the punt team, 
All right, I'll be in the portal if you need me. But uh, in this day and age when that's what happens, Parker stuck it out. I'm glad to see him get on the field. He made some really nice plays against UConn. I have no idea if he's a good quarterback. I have no idea if he'll be here next year. But for right now in episode 157, Mike, he's getting a goddamn peach for me. <laughs> and let's be honest, he's running that package better than – um, did you seven here? Did you read my UCF observations? Or are you just reading them out loud now? <laughs> All right, that's fine. Uh, he's doing what he needs to do. He like uh, Rob Calabrese was never the greatest quarterback either, but he did a great job when it came to the running the wild night package, and that, that's what this kid can do. And he's an athlete. We, I saw it when he came in last year. He, the workout videos that this kid had. He, he's a beast in the weight room. Yeah. So he's definitely an athlete, but put them to use and you're right the good attitude of let me help the team any way i can yeah i love to see that he could have easily just turned it in for the year and said screw you guys i'm going home but he's not doing that and <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it's great to see and he's deserved the playing time and hopefully we get him in the end zone again this week let's let him throw one against the Cows. yeah again i'm not i have no idea if he's a good quarterback I have no, I'm not, I have no idea if he's going to be here next year. He may transfer at the end of the year. Who knows? But I mean, obviously he, he's, he's a, uh, he's a year older than Mikey Keene. So he's got one year under his belt. You know, maybe he thought he had a chance to, to play this year. You don't see the kid on social media making all these like, you know, uh, cryptic posts. You don't see him talking about different things. seems like he just came in and did his job. And like you said, he got his moment. So I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give Parker a peach. Maybe we see him against the cows. Who knows? Maybe it's the last time we ever see him in a uniform. Uh, one we'll never know, Mike. But that's the UConn recap. Again, a nice easy W for, for UCF. Hopefully it gives them some good momentum going into the Cows game this week, uh, which obviously is going to be a big one. So uh, if you were looking for more UConn breakdown, again, what can I tell you? Um, but what I can tell you, Mike, is let's talk about our uh, our friends over at Paper and Lace Boutique. I know that this is, again, a sponsor that uh, is very near and dear to you. You have a lot of intimate knowledge on this particular business and what they offer. Why don't you share with the Sons of UCF listeners more about Paper and Lace Boutique and how Paper and Lace Boutique can help them? That's right. My sister, Michelle, we just celebrated her 40th birthday. Seems like for like last month now. We had a big party here. We went on vacation. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Finally, I think her birthday celebration is done. All right. Congratulations, uh, Michelle. Great time. And her wedding invitation business is doing fantastic. She just opened up her own store. Um, she's doing great. All her invitations are custom made. They're beautiful. Go check out her reviews. I don't, you don't have to hear it from me. Go on Wedding Wire. Go on Etsy. Type in paper and lace and see what everybody else has to say about her. You will not be disappointed. She does it all. The invitations, the save the dates, the vow books, the venues, the place cards, everything you need for your wedding. And I know there's a few of you out there right now. Holidays are coming up. This is a big time for people to start getting engaged. I did it myself over the holidays. Um, Wait, you what? You got engaged? engaged again? Not again. Oh, oh <laughs> sorry. Spoiler alert. I thought we had some news to break there. Not again. Um, but I mean, this is when people start doing that. You're probably already thinking about buying the ring or you bought the ring. It's going to happen. And then when the day comes, you have to start planning the date and sending out these invitations. You got to give Michelle a call 954-597-6426. Check out the website, paperandlaceboutique.com. You can even send her an email at hello at paperandlaceboutique.com. Hello. And send her a message. She'll get back to you right away and make your invitations as beautiful as they need to be. I don't know what you're waiting for. Make sure you hit that website now. Send her an email. Get in touch with Michelle. A S. 
AP. Coming up next, though, we will do UCF observations and we'll do some hoops breakdown as well. Don't go anywhere. Adam and Mike, we'll be right back. This is UCF head football coach Gus Malzahn, and you should listen to the sons of UCF like your hair is on fire. Go Knights and charge on. Mike, these games are important. A lot of good things happen, and you and I are watching these things closely, but look, our mind wanders. You know, we see things that make us laugh, things that make us just think out loud, and we have no place to share this, so you all get to enjoy it with us. We call these UCF observations, just little things that uh, we saw, game notes, uh, just anecdotes, little nuggets that we just, you know, just from us to you, Mike. So I know you've got some observations. What's uh, what's your first one? Who are we trying to fool with that fake civil conflict trophy? Yeah. That was cheesy. Twitter was all over that. Yeah. I'm not as anti civil. Yeah, I'm not as anti civil conflict as Trace is, but I felt like the trophy thing was a little bit much. No, I mean I embraced the, the rivalry. I mean not as much as Bazziaco. But if we're gonna bust out the trophy like we found it, we gotta bust out the real one. That that replica, everybody knew exactly oh, there's a difference here in the lettering and this and the color of the wood. There was too many differences. Yeah. It wasn't good enough. Yeah, you internet sleuths were all over that. I don't I don't know. I you know, th- there's still some conjecture on where that trophy's at. Um, some people said UConn had it. Uh, I-, I read something someplace. Maybe it was Twitter. Maybe it was the message boards that somebody had said UCF actually had it this whole time. It was waiting to break it out again. I don't really know what's going on. But, I, you know, it was funny for a little bit. But it almost be at some point is like, all right, it's, it's, it's not funny anymore. But let's just move on. Um, I don't know if you, you listened to the game, Mike, the, the audio. Um, Leger Doosable was on the call again. Uh, we are now 3-0 and when Leger is on the call, Mike. But why does he call him Jaylon Robinson? Isn't it Jay Lynn Robinson? Am I the only one <laughs> bothered by that? It was Jay Lynn. Was anyone else? Okay, it's just me. Jay Lynn. I don't know. Maybe that's just a slang way to say it. Maybe that's what his boys call him. I have no idea. I thought they called him Flash. Well, that's true, too. How they call him Jay Lynn? I don't know. <laughs> All right. UCF unveiled a new Nighthead logo this week, as we mentioned already. You know what that means? Adam. Yeah. Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Collision course. Adam, five hundred dollars <laughs> bookstore collision course. Yes. This is going to cost you, my friend. It is going to cost me. Yeah, we've already had to acquire. Um, so it's a blackout. Um, some of my children who are going to be at the game with me on Friday did not have any black uh, long sleeve attire. So that's already been pre-acquired this time. I'm trying to save myself some money here. That's been uh, pre-acquired, Mike. Um, I have one quick question for you. Where the hell was that SMU team last week? I mean, they just got curbs on by since, and they looked like they had no idea what they were doing. Where was that team the week before? My goodness. The <laughs> week before, they were playing a lot of different defense. That's also fair. One. Yeah. All right. As you know, I went on vacation this past week. I wasn't able to make it to the live show. Mm-hmm. I was celebrating Michelle's birthday, paperandlacebootcake.com. There you go. Um, but I'm happy to announce that I had what is now a top five UCF my karaoke performance on my vacation. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Am I getting the other four? <laughs> huh? Am I getting the other four, or is that are you just bragging yeah, about the right. one? Okay, here we go. No, we got a top no, five no, list. Okay, top five list top broke out. Five I didn't know. I didn't know. UCF Mike karaoke performances of mm-hmm. all time. Okay. Number five. Mm-hmm. Warren's Yvonne, Werewolves of London, at the Disney Swan and Dolphin Hotel. Mm-hmm. This had to be, I don't know, six years ago. Okay. Ah, werewolves of London. Mm-hmm. Number four. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. the boss. Yep. 
glory days at the rising star at universal city walk in orlando florida that one is actually out there on youtube you can find it i'm not going to tell you how but it's out there <laughs> i actually i saw it earlier today one of my buddies was recording it and there is a video of that performance i'm gonna have to have my internet slew if you civil conflict trophy truthers don't find mike singing the boss uh, you're doing it wrong <laughs> Uh, number three, this past week, I performed Queen, Don't Stop Me Now, at the Cricketer Pub in the Turks and Caicos Islands. Mm-hmm. I brought the house down. Brought it down, my mm-hmm. friend. What kind of crowd we we talking about here? At this one? How many people? Yeah. Uh, uh gotta be over 50 people. Okay, wow. Big crowd. Big crowd. I mean, you're talking about the, the rising star at... Orlando City Walk. Mm-hmm. They give you their own backup band. Mm-hmm. There's live. There's dancers in the background. That one had to be a few hundred people. Wow, at least. Yeah. I didn't realize. I, I don't perform in front of a small audience. I'm not accusing. You know, yeah. Sometimes, but Happens. not normally. Number two, Billy Joel, but really, not Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. UCF Mike original, because I changed the lyrics to Piano Man. And I made it all about the people I was singing about that were there. It was at my Uncle Joe's birthday party in Sunrise, Florida. Changed every lyric of the song to suit everybody in the room. That one went over fantastically. That was a good one. Wow. Yeah. I, I, that was, there was some planning involved. I was going to say a lot of pre-work had to be involved. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a good song. And the number one UCF Mike karaoke performance of all time. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. The way you make me feel on Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas. Yep. The night I got engaged, mm-hmm. Christmas 2009, and she never gave me the ring back. So I guess she liked what she saw. Mm-hmm. It actually catapulted me into the finals of the uh, the cruise on the final night of the cruise. Mm-hmm. So. And what happened uh, there? Uh, well, you know, that one <laughs> I, I did well. <laughs> not, that's clearly not a top five. So I guess I know the answer. <laughs> not a top five. I, I was, uh, this is the last night of the cruise and it's late and you know, I, I was a, a few beers in already. Mm-hmm. I performed my girl. Uh, it was good. But then I did the, uh, at the very end, the, the stomp on the ground, the sexual chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I, I just dropped the microphone and just walked out of the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I went straight to bed after that. That's that how sounds, it was. Sounds like a good so, idea for you. I'm, go to the top five. I'm disappointed. And as you can see, I don't perform the same song twice. I Never know. have I performed the same song more than once. Not accusing. There's people out there. They do the same song every single time. Not, not me. Not, you got to change not it like, up. Yep. And you gotta have some variety in there. So I'm I'm there disappointed. I thought um, uh, this has to be circa 2001, 2002, maybe. Uh, I still have it, um, although I have not, and I cannot access it any further. But there may or may not be a VHS tape of me, you, and two <laughs> other dudes doing the Backstreet Boys uh, somewhere downtown. Uh, I think maybe we were Universal. I don't even know where we were. Uh, yeah. we did, we did the full vocals. We went and did the video afterwards. I'm, uh, is that number six on the list? How'd well, that one not make it? No, I don't consider that karaoke. Mm. That was uh, basically, we filmed the music video. We did. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. different. That, there was a lot of editing going on in there. there needed we to sang be. the yep, song. We did. Then we did the actual video. Yeah. The, you have you've always had that video. I'm sure you still have it. I, don't I do. Think you're gonna release it to the masses. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't have a V. I don't have a VCR anymore to actually play it. So that's the, that's the challenge. I don't think my children have ever have seen one. it. Uh, you have a VCR still? Yeah, I have wow. a. I have like two of them. I think here in the garage. When we moved, I kept one. Mm-hmm. And you know, I found a bunch of old videos, and we watched some of those. Baby. A while ago. 
but um, yeah, if you want to send it to me, okay. we'll bring it this weekend. I'll take it. I'll bring it home and I'll record it onto the phone, and we'll both have it. Right. Or you could always have it. You could always have it transferred over to like a DVD okay. nowadays. Feels unlikely. I'll do that. All right. That's Even though UC- DVDs are out, of, <laughs> DVDs are out too. Though. UCF Mike's top five karaoke songs. Did not see that coming tonight. So glad to glad to have that one, Mike. Um, I forgot Zamari Maxwell was still on the on the team. Yes. Yeah. Played Garbage Town. <laughs> I, I forgot he was still there. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Still in scholarship, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. The Gators and the Knolls mm-hmm. playing this week in the No Bowl of Soup for You game. <laughs> the loser goes home for the year. The stakes have never been higher and lower at the same time. That's, that's true. Mike, who had Scott Frost outlasting Dan Mullen in the pool? Who had that one going? Yeah, definitely not at this time last year. That's for sure. That's for darn sure, yeah. Dan Mullen. <laughs> Fell quickly, my friend. Um, well, I guess you already answered this because you told me the rankings earlier. I was asking, is this the week that Notre Dame jumps Cincinnati in the college football playoff? Yeah. This is not the week. Maybe next week's not the week. Yeah. But the week after is very possible. I've got my own the spin on that. One. Cincinnati. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah. Yeah. It's just blah. All right. Well... This week's game, you kind of touched on this earlier, too. It's going to be cold out there. <laughs> so dress appropriately. I know last time you had it was a little chilly. Mm-hmm. You, you were not taking too kindly to it. So yeah. be ready this week. I'm ready. Some, Layers. Some hoodies, maybe some jackets. Exactly. Layers, yeah. And the, the problem is we got to start tailgating early, like noon. It's not. It's going to be warm. It's not going to be hot, but it's, it's too warm to be wearing all that stuff. So what do you do? You got to carry it around? Are you keeping it in the car? What are you doing? Uh, last time I made, we had like a bag, uh, that we were carrying around and then I walked back to the car with everyone's stuff cause we had jackets and sweaters. So, uh, I did make another car trip cause we were at the alumni tailgate right over near where our parking spot that now costs $1,200 is. So uh, I just walked back quickly and dropped it off there. Right. Same plan there. Maybe you just store some of my stuff. Yeah. Terry Mohajer, look into my eyes, get seltzer in the cabana. That's all I'm telling you. If he doesn't have hot dogs on the top of the stadium <laughs> this week, I'm gonna be very upset. I mean, he's got he, he we got hot chocolate. He 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 put sta- no standing on the on the ground in some spots, which is a cool thing. I mean, he he clearly listens. So ter- look me in the eyes, seltzer in the cabin. <laughs> um, I, I think they have some IPA in there, so I'm good with it. Yeah, for sure. I love me and seltzer. Nice guy. Uh, let's see. I'm looking for it to crash a couple of tailgate parties this week. If anybody's interested, I have potato salad and I okay. will travel. Well, there you go. Mike, I'm actually going to the football game against the cows and then the basketball game against Oklahoma the very next day. You know what that's called? Double dipping. That's a twofer. It's also called double dipping. It's a twofer. I'm not, di- I mean, I'm paying for it. It's a twofer. Double dip means like I'm like right. doing something wrong. I'm doing something right there. Um, 360 plus days have passed over 12 games going back to last year's bowl game. And now, finally, on Black Friday, the black helmets are back. Yes. The the supply chain has unclogged in time for uh, for black helmets. That's uh that's fantastic, Mike. Um UCF Mike, your car windshield 
collision course. Mike's got some flyers to hand out, guys. So your car windshield's <laughs> at the at the tail. Just be warned. Just be warned. You heard it from me first. We bought those things before the season. We were supposed to put them all over everybody's yeah. car at the Boise State game. UCF, Mike. Uh, your car windshield collision course. I'll, I'll tell you again. <laughs> Uh, that's a heavy box too. We, I'm gonna need some help passing those things. Uh, we've got, your kids are gonna be with us, right? I know people. Yeah. All right. Maybe let's get some help. Yep. Uh, all right. This is Thanksgiving week. It right? is. You know that's my favorite holiday. I've heard. I got top five Thanksgiving sides. You want to do this quickly? <laughs> oh wow! Okay, we got top five Thanksgiving <laughs> sides. Okay, here we go. Now, these are sides. Sides. Okay. This is not the turkey. Not the turkey. This is not. Sauce is not gravy or cranberry sauce. Anything okay. like that. These, these aren't toppings or any sort of sauces. Okay, these are sides. All right, here we go. I'm excited right. for this. Number five. Number five. Yeah. Ham. Ham. Wait, ham's Somebody a side. Somebody always brings a ham. Yeah, you put it on the side of the turkey. It's on the plate there. Okay. It's not the main dish. Yeah. With a slice of ham. Is it cleared? You, know you got to clear the ham before you come in the house. Is it cleared? <laughs> it needs to be. Okay. But you know what else is great about the ham is you can make nice ham sandwiches the next day. I plan on maybe. Making myself a couple for the ride up on Friday morning. All right. UCF Mike Ham Sandwich Collision Course. Okay. Ham <laughs> Sandwich with Austin Powers. Uh, number four, mashed potatoes. Mm, mashed potatoes, mashy pops. Yep. That's a staple. What are we that putting on those? You getting cheese? Any bacon on those? Are we going plain? I mean, I'm not the one who makes them. So I don't I'll know. take it either way. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it either way. Yeah. Just the mashed potatoes with some gravy on top and some mm-hmm. cranberry sauce with, with the turkey is good to me. All right. But if you want, I'm not opposed to anything else on top. You want to do some cheesy mashed potatoes? That's cool, too. All right. We're in for cheese. Here we go. Yeah. Number three, mm-hmm. biscuits. Biscuits. Or some kind of bread mm. or, you know, cornbread. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You need some kind of bread there because you got that big, sloppy, messy plate. You need to start, you know, scooping it up. When I, my plate is done, you don't even have to wash it. It is completely probably clean. Probably should wash it, though. Because of that bread, I wipe it all down. <laughs> Brand new plate. Brand new plate. It's a whole new day for Mike. Okay, clean bread. Here we go. Number two, mm. stuffing. Stuffing. Ah, stuffing's good. Stuffing's a classic. I never eat stuffing 364 days out of the year, but I have it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, I, I used to be a stuffing guy when in college. It was easy to make and... Yeah, just throw it right out of the box. But you can't have box stuffing, I don't think. You got to have somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. And typically, you got to have the stuffing stuffed into the turkey, right? That's the best way that's, to do you, it. You could. Yeah, you certainly could. It, it requires some uh, additional prep work, I think. But yeah, that's an option as well. I mean, I think that's technically stuffing. Anything else that's not actually stuffed in anywhere, I don't know if you can consider it stuffing. Oh, hot take. Okay. Put it on the pole. And, uh-huh. and the number one side on Thanksgiving? Sweet potato casserole. Sweet potato maybe. casserole. Okay. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I, this is kind of a newer thing to me. My wife's family has all these casseroles. There's like a corn casserole. There's yeah. green bean casserole. There's, but I love the sweet potato casserole. I got to have that now. For, um, forgive me. I did not write your list down. Um, I didn't hear a vegetable in there anywhere. No, no vegetable? I mean, I don't need vegetables. But, uh, green beans? I, what just, vegetables I, are missing? Green bean, green bean casserole is an option. I didn't. I just yeah. didn't hear a vegetable out of there. You know, I didn't. Right. Didn't know. Okay. Well, didn't mean to, this is your list, I mean, not mine. Not mine. His list. <laughs> I'm list. not hunting for vegetables. Okay. For sure. If they're there or whatever, I'll throw a little bit on the plate. But no, nah, I don't need them. You see, if Mike not hunting for vegetables, here we go. Uh, Mike, a quick stat check. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe has more pass attempts than Parker Navarro. 
<laughs> you know what? When he throws the ball, he completes them for touchdowns. <laughs> I'm, I'm not arguing. I'm just telling you those are the facts. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I'm basically out of observation. Well, then you're in luck, Mike. I, <laughs> I watched this game on Saturday very, very closely, and as luck would have it again, my lovely 14-year-old daughter, Addison, watched with me. And back by Popper's demand, she wrote down, again, her top five list of things my dad said during the game. Addison, welcome back to the show. Somehow you've become the most popular person on this podcast, and you've been on it for all of five minutes. I'm not going to take offense to that after episode 157. So Addison has a top five list of things my dad said. Would you like to say hello to the people first? Hi. All right, Addison is here. She sounds excited. <laughs> here we go, Addison. The number five thing your dad said during the uh, the game against UConn was? Did anybody tell the offense that halftime was over? Didn't know if, yeah. That third quarter was terrible, Mike. I don't know if we came out. I don't know if we knew that we were still playing again. That third quarter, it felt like we were asleep. Yeah, even in the second quarter, we slowed down a lot. We only scored one touchdown, right? Seven points between yeah. the second and third quarter. Yeah, it was not. It was not. I don't think anyone knew that. Okay, Addison, number four thing your dad said during the uh, during the game. Trace really doesn't like the hot seat talk. Trace, not a fan of hot seat talk on Twitter. He uh, did not take kindly to some joking that J.P. Gilbert and I were doing. Then somebody else jumped in and thought we were trying to fire people. Uh, so, Trace, not a fan of the hot seat talk. No, he never has been. He doesn't yeah. like fire anybody. Yeah. I guess he knows these coaches more personally than we do, so it's a lot harder for him to say something like that. Yeah. But uh, he'll get used to it. Yeah. Number three, this is like a doozy ass. Are you ready for this one? You got all the pronunciations right on this one? This one looks like a doozy. Here's number three, folks. Turns out Parco Navarro is the best Joey Gatewood we have. Yeah, turns out Parco <laughs> Navarro is the best Joey Gatewood we have. He seems to run that package better than uh, than Gatewood does, Mike. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> so far, he has in the last couple of games. Um, there's no denying that. And then what a world we live in that Joey Gatewood came in the game and we thought he was injured, and he threw the ball three times. So I don't know what's going on here. Parker Navarro's running the ball. Joey Gatewood's throwing the ball. All I know is I think that Parker Navarro is the best Joey Gatewood on the team. Hot take. I think Gatewood had negative rushing yards or something, right? Probably did, yeah. Probably did. Uh, Addison, number two thing I said during the game was? Why don't we run these plays against the good teams? That's a great question. Like it seemed like we were doing pretty well early on. Why would I saw some offensive plays I hadn't seen before? I don't know. We have a whole new playbook for good teams versus bad teams. I'm not sure how that works, but uh, I'd like to see some more of those plays against some teams that are better. Well, lucky for us, we don't play any more good teams. We lucky play the Cowboys us. this yeah, week. Lucky for us. But uh, maybe some of those plays just didn't work as well against good teams. Yeah, uh, fair. I don't know. All right, Asin. The number one thing I said during the game was. We better put up at least 50 on the cows. Got to put 50 in the cows. Like, if we can put up this much against you, Cal, we got to put up at least 50 against the cows. How many times have we scored 50 all year? We, all, we got 49 this week. Yeah. Right? Yep. Did we get break 50 against uh, Bethune? I don't think so. Did we? Did uh, we yeah, I think we scored 50 at least once. Yeah. Did we crack 50 against Temple? I, don't, I think there was another 49 spot or something. 48? Yeah. Something. I don't know if we scored 50 this year. I think Bethune maybe. Let me check. What's the game summary there on UCF Bethune Cookman? It's a great. I should know. We host a podcast. We should know these things. Sixty three fourteen, Mike. Or was that this year's game? Okay. Uh, it was this year's game. Sixty three fourteen. All right. So we're capable of it, but that's also a Dylan Gabriel offense early in the year. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I think we've given up fifty more than we've scored fifty. <laughs> you're, you're not SMU wrong. and Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I hope so. I, I hope we win by 50. I hope we win by 53. I put the poll out there earlier this week. 
how what how many points do we have to win by to make you happy? One point mm-hmm. just win the game, mm-hmm. or nineteen points to cover the spread, mm-hmm. or fifty three points mm-hmm. to set a new series record, or infinity effing points. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe sixty percent of the people want to win by at least more than one point. Oh, <laughs> There's forty percent okay. are just happy with just any kind of win. Yeah, but. If we're not winning this game by three touchdowns, and let's let's say Heafel won this game every year he was here by four touchdowns. <laughs> he did. That's a, that's the bar. Yeah. Right. You gotta you gotta win by at least four scores. So Gus, you are on the clock. Gus on the clock. Addison, how do you feel about your top five list this week? She's shrugging her shoulders. Uh, the the masses out there want this to become a regular thing, where you come in and do some sort of a top five list. Um, I don't know. Are you you're quite busy, right? You got a lot going on with like TikTok and sleep and stuff. Or is that something you're into? I mean, what should we tell the, the masses who want to see more of uh, Addison's top five list? I'll try. All right. We got effort happening. <laughs> She's going to effort the top five list. Addison, thanks for joining again this week. Now go to your room. Addison's leaving. I'm excited to watch the game with her this week yeah. and see her jot these notes down. Yeah. It's, it's uh look, it's magical. I mean, it's uh mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing for sure. Mike, those are, those are the UCF observations. That's all we got this week. That's it. That's all. Um, let's roll into some hoops talk really quickly, and then we'll get on with the rest of the show, Mike. A nice win for hoops this week. Uh, they beat uh, Jacksonville in a game we probably would have lost in previous seasons if we did not play well. We got a 63-54 win against JU, and then we traveled to Evansville and uh, win that one pretty convincingly, 75-59. That makes your Knights 4-0 on the season, Mike. Coming into a big tilt against an Oklahoma team. Saturday, two o'clock at the uh, at the Edition Financial Arena. Be there or be square, Mike. Two and zero week for hoops. I know. Um, I don't know if you caught uh, both or either of these games. You maybe watched some of the highlights, obviously, as you were traveling back. What stood out to you on the two and zero week for the Knights? Uh, the depth on this team. We're spreading around a uh, good balance. People are not playing the entire game. I think nobody. I think I don't think anybody played over thirty minutes in the Evansville game. And it's a game we won comfortably, but um, I like the every I like a lot about this team. I like that we can have a bunch of different guys score. I like that we have big guys. Uh, I'm still not going to say his name. Young Bake. I think Bake. he just goes by Bake. Yeah, <laughs> just go Bake. Uh, uh, Shock Bake Jong, I think is how you would say it. I've been practicing. Right. Yeah, he's been good. I mean, everybody in the team is pretty. Even the game against. Uh, Jacksonville, the team that was having a bad shooting day. Mm. Right? Nobody shot good, and they still win that game. So um, they're doing what they need to do. They took care of business now. Those two cupcake games are over. They got to get uh, a couple of opportunities to gel together a little bit, and now here we go. A big game on Saturday against Oklahoma. Yeah, TCB taking care of business. I thought that JU game was interesting because – I feel like that's a game that we lose in previous seasons, right? I think with the FAU game, we lost at the buzzer on on some nonsense. I feel like we've seen this before in the past where we haven't played well against a bad team. We let them hang around, and then we end up losing that thing in the end. Uh, and I felt like that everything was set up that way against Jacksonville, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, we're coming off a nice win against Miami. You know, we looked good and all. We're going to blow this to Jacksonville. And lo and behold, Mike, out of nowhere, Dre Fuller Jr. comes in. Didn't play a ton, only 14 minutes, but goes perfect from the field. 
uh, has six rebounds, three assists, nine points in total, and really kind of carries UCF to a victory. And you, you mentioned the depth. Again, he, he was a starter last year, Mike. He was one of those guys who was probably playing 25-plus minutes a game. Uh, he only played 14 against JU, but he was he was huge down the stretch. But it was an ugly game. That was a balanced game, too. We had four guys who all scored nine points, um, and Darren Green led everybody with 11. So a balanced game, probably a game that we lose uh, in previous seasons. So I thought that's a good sign that we're winning tough games. Now, you can definitely argue it shouldn't have been that close, and we should have beaten them by more, and I totally get that. Uh, they were definitely – Jacksonville was hot from the outside. They hit a bunch of shots, and uh, that's a game UCF loses. And then Evansville felt like we had that thing kind of dialed in from from the start um, and really just kind of pulled away from, from that one. I think a couple of key things for me, Mike. A, free throw shooting continues to be a strength for UCF. Uh, 13 of 14 against Evansville, which is fantastic. Darius Perry and Brandon Mahan may lead the league in no, 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 yes shots because uh, those two guys keep shooting, and every now and again they're going to go in. Uh, they played okay against Evansville. Uh, but Darren Green Jr., again, another solid performance, Mike. If the only thing that stood out to me, uh, it feels like Isaiah Adams is struggling early on so far. He was obviously the super sophomore we were hoping would have a really good year. He's only averaging six points a game. He's only shooting 32% from the floor, 18% from three-point range. Uh, he has, he's been struggling a little bit, um, and you're seeing some other guys, Ty Freeman, for, for example, coming in and taking some minutes and playing well. Um, that's, that's what stood out to me, Isaiah Adams so far, not off to a fantastic start just four games in. Right. He was in the starting lineup the first game against Robert Morris. Hasn't started since then. Uh, Johnny's gone with a couple different lineups. The last two games, he's trotted out the same starting lineup with Walker, Bakke, Green, Mahan, and Perry. Yep. Only Bakke, Green, and Perry have started all four games. He's mixed things up. He had Darius Johnson start again against Miami. So, um, Adams, you know, he looked dynamic last year as a scorer. I, I believe that's still in him. Sometimes kids go in slumps, yeah. and maybe he's just off to a slow start for the year. I expect him to pick things up. He's a guy that attacks the basket, so he, he can break out of that slump. It'll take one game, and then all of a sudden he'll take off for the rest of the year. So I'm not too concerned yet. It's still too early in the year to get worried about it. Yeah. But um, overall, the team's looking good, man. And this game against Oklahoma, and, that, and then right after that, Wednesday, a big one on the road against Auburn. Auburn's ranked number, what, 19 right now so this is a very big week you got we split these you're happy but you got to win the first one it's a home game it's against a team that's not as good if you win that one then you get greedy on wednesday but um so far so good out of these guys yeah, a lot of balanced scoring. I mean, Darren Green's leading the team in scoring right now with 16. Uh, Perry's got 12. Walker with 11. Uh, and then a bunch of guys in that 6, 7, 8 range, including Mahan, Freeman, and, and the aforementioned Isaiah Adams. But I like that. It seems like Johnny can sort of play around with his lineups and figure out who's got the hot hand that night or who's playing really well, who's locked in defensively. Well, last year, these guys were just getting gassed, Mike, and because they're, they're only going seven or eight deep, and, and if they were lucky, uh, and, and those guys were getting gassed. This year, I mean, he's got the, the option to kind of tinker, see who's got the hot hand, see who's playing well. You know, we saw Darius Johnson start a game and as a true freshman. Uh, we, we haven't seen a, a whole lot out of Jamil Reynolds or, or, uh, or Tony Johnson, two guys I think we thought we'd see a bunch from this year. So... I, I like the mix and match again, but if you told me, you know, we'd be four and oh in that um, Isaiah Adams would be only averaging six points a game, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But it's there's still some time to turn this thing around. It starts with Oklahoma, obviously a uh, 
uh, a name brand a recognition team they're they're obviously a team that's uh that's been to uh um you know tournaments in the past they're they're a known commodity in the big 12 leaving obviously for the sec so a nice opportunity to pack the uh the arena on saturday hopefully folks show up for that one mike this is a fun team it's probably the funnest team we've had in a long time uh, with with energy, uh, with excitement. And no disrespect to those Taco, BJ, Aubrey teams, but those teams are more grinded out, half court style offense. This team is going to get out. They're going to run. They're going to, they're you know, we, we saw or slam dough, whatever we're calling it, you know, on full display. So it's a fun team to watch with no no disrespect to other teams, but I think this team may have just a little bit more fun and excitement about them. I'm not saying they're going to be better, but they definitely have a little bit more, more fun and excitement about them. Right, and the schedule is really picking up. If you pay attention to the what is it, the net rankings, um, these next two games are quadrant two and quadrant one games. Mm-hmm. If you can pull these off, these are the types of things you put on the resume when you're on bubble team at the end of the year. This a win here in these in this next week can put you over the top, put you in the big dance. Yeah. So we got a few opportunities. The Florida State game later on, the Michigan game later on, SMU on the road is looking like a quadrant run right now. Wichita, Houston, Memphis, plenty of time to build the resume here. Yep. But you got to get one early, that'd be nice. Well, yeah, Oklahoma, I mean, they're 4-1 on the year, Mike. They're averaging 81 points a game. New head coach Porter Mosier, he came from uh, Chicago Ly- Loyola, so that Cinderella team uh, that was there. They got a couple of kids, uh, uh, mainly a 6'9 guy who plays in the post. He's averaging 18 a game. Uh, and a senior guard uh, in Gibson, he's averaging 12 games. So they have some good players. They're, again, a, a pretty perennial power-ass team. They're 4-1. and one. Uh, so we'll see how UCF stacks up. Again, they're an offensive opponent. But I would also tell you, they haven't played anybody all year. Their one loss was to Utah State, which seems kind of weird. But other than that, Indiana State, East Carolina, and Texas San Antonio in Northwestern State. So I don't know how much they've been tested early on. Right after UCF, they then go and play Florida. So uh, and it's not as common probably in basketball it is in uh, uh, in football, but that, you know, that look-ahead game or the, maybe they're looking ahead to the Wednesday tilt uh, against Florida. So, who knows? Maybe we can catch them sleeping on a uh, holiday weekend, but uh, it's definitely going to be a fun one. So if you can pack additional financial, make sure you get out there and do that. It'll be uh, it'll be a great opportunity, Mike. But let's uh, let's take our our next break here, uh, and then we got to get to the picks, Mike. Things are turning and twisting in pick land, and uh, we've got to give people the update on where we are. So Adam and Mike are going to be right back with Mike's picks. Don't go anywhere. I'm a talking gopher, here to encourage you to buy insurance. Because you should always listen to the advice of spokes animals. After all, who knows more about protecting... This spokes animal has been interrupted by AAA Insurance for a special offer. Buy a new AAA auto and or home insurance policy to enjoy up to $376 in savings and get a $100 gift card with purchase. With savings like that, AAA doesn't need spokes animals. AAA, outsmart life. The gift card offer is valid on qualifying policies in California only. Visit AAA.com slash promo for terms. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is UCF Athletic Director Terry Mahajer. And in my spare time, when I'm not on TikTok, I'm listening to Adam and Mike on the Sons of UCF. Go Knights and charge up. Yeah, that's right. 
They played him. Mike picked him. We all picked him. And, uh, and now we have to tell you what happened. So Mike's going to go through some games that are happening in and around the American Athletic Conference and uh, give you his, uh, his stone-cold locks. But, Mike, before you get to all that, obviously we have a season-long uh, contest going where we're, we're down to the wire here, right? How many more weeks are left of this? Is, there only, is this the last week? Is there one week after this? I guess it's this week, and I, the championship game, I would think, is the last well, one. There's Army-Navy, so. too, right? Are we, are we counting that one? Ooh. Uh, probably, probably okay. the website, the website, like I have no control over it. Somehow it's had UConn in the conference all year long. We've been picking UConn games. Yeah. Now I know they play a lot of teams in our conference. Just happened to work out that way, but yeah, I would log back in if you're one away from the title. Well, let me, yeah, hold on. I, I'm looking at it right Navy. now. It's a, there's a week 14 and 15 listed. Week 14 is listed as the conference championship game. Week 15 is listed as army Navy. So it looks like there are 15 weeks we just completed, uh, or we're just on week 13 right now. So basically you have, there are six games this week, seven, and then uh, the last one would be eight. So eight games left to pick. I could definitely swing this thing in any direction. So don't get complacent now, Mike. But who's uh, who's at the top spot? Give us a leaderboard. Who's coming down to the wire for a chance to win that Sons of UCF hat? There may or may not exist. And this pretty cool Citronaut hoodie. Well, now that you tell me that there's eight games left, my goal is to get at 500 or better. Right now, I'm at 43 and 48, five games under. Trace, it's impossible for him to get to 500. He's 41 and 50, even if he won all eight games. He's under 500 for the year. You've come back to the pack a little bit. I know. 46 and 45. You only got a three-game lead on me. I'm coming for you. Oh, boy. Right? So for the Sons of UCF title. Oh, boy. We None of us have a chance to win the whole thing. Uh, well, I guess technically you do, but let's be real here. Let's be real. The guy in first place is 52 and 39. He's been at the top now for a while, holding off Elo. His name is SJB43. Still don't know who he is or her. And then Elo is only a game behind at 51 and 40. But watch out, Elo. There's a new guy creeping up the leaderboard. His name is J Blow 38387. <laughs> okay. Welcome, J Blow. <laughs> He's at 50 and 41, only a game behind and two out of the top spot. He can take over the top spot with a good week this week. Uh, so there's a lot up for grabs here. And I told you guys there'd be basketball tickets in there somewhere. I, let's see. Let's see, what you guys can do. let's see if there are Hold basketball on. tickets or let's see who wins. <laughs> Either way. If Elo wins, he's not getting basketball tickets. The guy can go to any game for free, I guess, right? Probably. I think. He knows. He knows people. Uh, so... Uh, in the pool tracker myself last week, I went four and two. Um, and on the show picks, I only went one and two. So I won the other games that I didn't pick on the show. I won Houston Memphis and I lost the SMU Cincinnati game and I lost the Yukon UCF game. Mm-hmm. So for the season on the show, I'm 16, 19 and one. I can get back to 500 this week. If I clean, clean sweep it. Let's 19, go. 19, 19 and one. Well, here we go. The goal is 500. Okay. Yeah. That's the goal of both, both pools, on the show and in the pool tracker. So let's do it. Let's move. Game number one, Navy minus 13 and a half at Temple. The midshipmen are favored for the first time this year. And by almost two touchdowns, they've played the best teams in this conference really tough. Mm-hmm. They played Cincinnati good. They played Houston good. They played SMU good. And we know what they did to us. So... They scored their most points of the week last week 
in a loss to East Carolina. They scored 35. They lost 38-35. And the Owls have just been a complete abomination this season, losing by at least 20 points in the last six games in a row. That was their closest game. It was a 34-14 loss to the Cows. And in that game, the Cows ran for like 1,000 yards against them. If the Cows can run all over them, gotta be a record. what do you think Navy team, <laughs> Navy's run game is going to do to them this week? Yeah. They're going to destroy them. Yeah. These guys have packed it in for the season Temple has. I expect them, to, Navy to just come in and roll all over them. It's one of those games where you look at the box score and you say, can that be right? Did they really rush for 685 yards? Yeah. yeah. I, I believe it's possible. Yeah. Navy rolls. 41-10, give me the midshipmen to cover two touchdowns against Temple. Yeah, initially when I saw this line, I was like, man, does Navy beat anybody by two touchdowns? Because I feel like, to your point, their games are always pretty close. They win by three, they lose by three, they win by a touchdown. But Temple is just in a bad spot. Their quarterback, Juan Mathis, I believe he's already going to transfer, so I doubt he's playing anymore. Uh, and obviously we, we saw them a few weeks ago. You know, they're at home. I, I assume it's the, the last home game of the year for them. What kind of crowd are they going to pack in um, at the stadium there? So I'm inclined to agree. I, my my head says Navy never beats anybody by two touchdowns, but if they're ever going to break that record, it's probably going to be against Temple. So I'm going to go with UCF Mike on this one, friends. I'm going to go with Navy. All right. Yeah, Navy has a game every year. Where I'm telling you, they put up some unbelievable stats. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think they did it to Houston a couple of years ago. Where they ran it for like over 600 yards. So I see that this week. Game number two, speaking of Houston. Houston minus 32 and a half at UConn. And the Cougars have been on fire, undefeated in American athletic play this year. Dana Holgerson's finally got the offense rolling. They've scored 30-plus in the last seven games in a row. They're already locked into the championship game. They just need to stay healthy for next week's game against Cincinnati. That's got to be the goal, goal number one. You know what this is, though? Trap game. It's the classic. Huh? Trap game? Look ahead game? Trap game. It's a trap game. Okay. That's what I said. It's, okay. <laughs> it's on the road. Mm-hmm. It's a noon kickoff. There's cold weather up there. These guys, it's not going to matter. They're going to be up by 30 points at the half. They're going to put the second team in there. Hopefully, they tack on a couple more. We saw how bad UConn is. Houston's going to just roll all over them. Now, the only thing they got to worry about is that there's like some backdoor garbage time touchdown to cover for UConn. Other than that, I see them winning something like 52-17. Give me Houston to roll past UConn and cruise into the championship game. And give... Cincinnati, all they can handle in two weeks. Yeah, that's the only thing that gives me pause, right, is obviously uh, Houston's going to want to preserve their guys for the, the upcoming game against Cincinnati. So, I mean, how, how long are these guys going to play? Uh, you know, will this will be short work? They try to get up, get a, you know, get a good lead and get out of there um, because there's really nothing to play for. They're, they're not going to the playoff or something like that, even if they beat, you know, they beat Cincinnati. So this is really their, their Super Bowl game, if you will. So I imagine that Holgo and, the, and those boys are going to try to hold some stuff back. But look, we won, what, 49-14, and we won by, what, I call that 35. Uh, and, and so I, I think Houston's offense, obviously, probably on a, a little bit better tilt than we've been of late. So I'm going to I'm gonna roll with that model. Again, it's a home game for UConn. I will say this, they at least looked like they tried to fight hard, um, but they just don't have the horses there. Uh, I guess I'll go Houston on this one, too. I guess I have to agree with you on that because I could see this being a – Again, a 49-14 game, which is 35, right, which is just our score. Um, so I guess I can I can go with you on that one. 
Yeah, they got to get up early like we yeah. did, and then they can just cruise the rest of the way. Yeah. Game number three. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going more on I-4. <laughs> not because I don't think we're going to cover or whatever. I just don't want to put it out there and jinx everything. So game number three. Tulane, plus five and a half at Memphis. The green wave has been thumping their chest all over the place after their beat down to the cows. What was the score of that game? Does anybody know? <laughs> I know Tr- Trace, Trace has been searching the internet. Dog with a bone on that one, man. He has been all over <laughs> the, the poor cows Twitter people. Good for you, Trace. I have never seen Trace so into... He doesn't want hot seat talk, but he will absolutely ask you the score of your game. Book it. If, God forbid, we are to lose to the cows this week, Trace better turn his Twitter off. <laughs> the USF <laughs> football account will be coming for him. First and foremost. Um, but Tulane. Tulane destroyed Cows last week. Michael Pratt, 311 yards, three touchdowns. Todd Jason Spears, 111 on the ground, another two touchdowns. Their offense, that, those are the guys we were worried about coming into the game against us. We held them to, what, 10 points. But they finally got things rolling last week. And the Tigers, I talked about this last week, they've been a mystery all year. You never know what to expect out of these guys. They have lost the last two games in a row now. Their defense sucks. That's one thing you do know. Their defense <laughs> is pretty weak. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Tulane has a chance to put some points on these guys. They're they're getting points on the road. So the, I, I like Tulane. The last time Tulane won in Memphis, though, you got to go all the way back to 1998. Me and you were freshmen mm-hmm. walking around the Citrus Bowl. It's been a long time. And this is a game that gets played almost every year. They've played, let's see, uh, 46 times, 47 times. The, the Tigers lead the all-time series 23-13 to 13 and one. One tie, I believe the first game they ever played was a tie. But um, Tulane's going to give a fight, I, I believe. It's going to be a close game. Memphis maybe even pull it out. But Memphis hasn't won by five points against anybody since week one when they beat Nichols State. So Tulane's getting the five and a half. I'll take those points. I'll give me the green wave to at least cover, maybe even win outright. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> this is one of those where, I mean, I could literally flip a coin because I, I could see everything there uh, on that one. Memphis has been one of those teams where, you know, if they're supposed to be good. You think they're going to be good, and they just haven't produced all year. Tulane started off uh, with a, a good showing against Oklahoma. We all thought they were fantastic, and then the wheels fell off. Uh, and then they, you know, they go out and they uh, they take the cows behind the woodshed. Uh, we know they have the offensive weapons, right? We we know that they have those kind of players. To your point, Memphis's defense has not been stout, so I guess Tulane's probably the smart play on this one. Even if they don't win outright, you know, I, I could see Memphis maybe hitting a last second field goal or something like that. So maybe they don't get that cover. So I'll, I'll go I'll go Tulane with you. Right. But do so we agree on all those all picks? Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to agree with me on all the picks every week. And then time comes, mm-hmm. and you pick all the opposites. So, I mean, I, don't, I think I see what you're doing. Here. Yeah, it depends. I mean, sometimes I, I agree, and then I get back in front of the screen. I'm like, eh, you know, I changed my mind. Who knows? That just says I, I'm pretty convincing when I give you these picks. I talk you into all of them. You do, yeah. No, you've got you've got me all kinds of a conundrum here, uh, and hopefully, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not getting back in this thing, but I'm curious to see down th- this week. will really kind of decide it, unless it comes down to like a a one game separation. You know, can an Elo or SBJ forty three, uh, you know, can they can they separate by a couple games here? Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, 
I'll be down to the stretch. SJB, we really need to know who you are because it's going to be tough to get you this gear. We have no clue who you are. Well, they've been within one point of each other for, it seems like, a couple months now. Yeah. So, who knows? It may come down to that very last Army-Navy game. For all we know. But beware of J-Blow. J-Blow's right there on their heels. <laughs> you can sneak right no, in there. No truer words have been spoken than beware of J-Blow, Mike. So, that's uh, those are the picks uh, make sure you get in there if you're in this thing. Get your picks in before uh, the deadline so that you can hopefully get yourself in a position to win this thing. Mike, coming up, people who aren't winners, they're cows. We're playing them this week, and we're talking about people like them right after this. Okay, sons of UCF, both of you, you are the all right, Mike, it's cow of the week time. And if there is ever a time to break from tradition, this would be it. My cow of the week was born on episode like two when we decided that we wanted to make fun of the cows and, and make fun of people who did silly or stupid things. And it's lived on. We did power rankings. We've done a lot of different things. We've gone after ourselves, friendly fire here and there. We found the funny, the weird, the odd. But cow of the week was born because of the cows. And I can think of no finer thing to do at this point in time right now than just declare that the cows are now and forever will be the cow of the week, Mike. And when it's rivalry week, when it's time to play the Warren I-4, what better time to relive some of the things that the cows have done that makes them cows, Mike? There's so many options here. I've got a couple of favorites. Uh, I know you've got a couple of favorites. Let's just go through a list of the things that make the cows the cows. What do you got? Just Let's just off the top of our heads. We have not rehearsed this, but there's so many to pull from. What do you got? I got the fact that they call their university South Florida yep. mm-hmm. when they are not actually located in South Florida. This yeah. is my favorite time of the year where there's always some numbskull that comes on Twitter and they try to convince me that, well, we're located in south of the board, the central part of Florida. <laughs> if you draw a line in the middle of Florida, we're south of that. I'm like, if you count the keys, technically you're, you're probably not. Mm. So um, the fact that they call themselves South Florida not being in South Florida, they don't know how to read a map yeah. Or they say, oh, we were the southernmost university at the time. Well, did they not expect? I, I don't know. <laughs> were they like, holy shit, where does this other land come from? Oh, my God. There's all this other land down here. Who knew? Yeah. So just that fact yeah. always makes me laugh. And uh, I think they're idiots for that. Yeah, I'm going to go with just their inability to ever market anything correctly. Uh, one of my favorite photos of all time, I think uh, UCF Probs uh, posted this one, where they tried to hashtag uh, bull speed ahead. But in reality, it, it really could say bulls peed ahead. Uh, so that didn't work out. Their Big 12 proposal where they had a couple of different spelling and grammar errors in there. The cows just never seen them get out of their own way when it comes to their own marketing uh, stuff, which is fantastic because they it's already easy enough to pick on them. And then they just give you like this low hanging fruit. And it's like, oh, my God, what, what do you want us to do? Just hit home runs every time. It's unbelievable. How about their reluctance to buy to build an on-campus stadium for so many years and making fun of our stadium. Yeah. And now look where it's got them absolutely nowhere. And they can't put anybody in Raymond James. I mean, they, they come up with their attendance numbers for years have been a fraud. Um, and now they're stuck in a conference with three teams named owls, FAU <laughs> and, and Temple and Rice. Yeah. Christ's sake. So. And here's the thing. They also just defend that playing at Raymond James is a good thing. 
You know what I mean? Like instead of just being like, "Yep, would be great." No, no, you know, NFL stadium. No, 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 no. It's 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 a great facility. You know, we we don't play in a tin. And they they actually try to talk themselves into the fact that a stadium that's nowhere near their campus that they probably couldn't fill the men's room with people uh, with is really a good thing for the program. That's just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, they played the Super Bowl here. <laughs> <laughs> <They did. laughs> WrestleMania is here. Yeah. Yeah, big freaking deal. Yeah. I mean, Temple plays in an NFL stadium too. <laughs> they get just as many fan tickets. Yeah, that that's a that's a good one, Mike. Uh, look, I think there are a couple of uh, moments of things that they've done bad in the past. The one thing that really, you know, a lot of things they do is just laughable, uh, frustrating. Probably the thing they've done. Well, I guess there's a few. One of the things they've done that really pissed me off was the game where they broke out the shovel and uh, and tried to essentially dig up some dirt on our field, Mike. Uh, there's there's some there's some things that are funny. There's some things that are meant in rivalries, but getting the shovel out and digging up the dirt that one has always pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, the first four years of this rivalry, when they did, they declined to even call it a rivalry. They were so above us, right? But they do things like this and just disrespect us. The way they disrespected us for those years, now they're getting what's coming to them. And that, that was a bad book, too. When they started doing that, and they were dancing on the 50-yard line at one point. I think it was the first game in the Citrus Bowl in 2006. Um I hate them for it. Yeah. And we're never going to forget those. And those pictures are etched in our brains forever. And that's why we don't care if we beat them by 100 points. We hope we do. No no points are enough. No points are <laughs> enough. Yes, that makes sense. All right. How about their logo? The Bulls logo. It just looks like a flaccid penis. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and now I enjoy every time the UCF fans are posting this thing with horns down. And now it looks like an erect penis. And if you saw mm-hmm. the, uh, I guess, inside the football facility, they, they put it on that big board, the LED board, Yeah. three days to go until the game. And they put that thing on. That's all I see when I see that logo. Wow. It's got the nuts on the side and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds like the appropriate way to uh, to memorialize the cows in that respect, Mike. Judy Genshaft, obviously, is a name that is not popular around here. She famously... Uh, was a, a big driver in blocking uh, UCF from joining the Big East back in the day. And uh, it was fun to see Judy, who's long since retired, get her comeuppance as we went to the Big 12. And a lot of people were posting that. The Cows had a chance to maybe be a part of this, but because you know they, they did themselves no favors and, and they built themselves no relationships that they're sort of left out in the uh, the what Confess USA or whatever we're calling the, the American these days and Judy Genshaft and all of her backdoor politics, all of which has been documented all over the internet. Uh, she certainly is another thing that always pisses me off. Yeah, she is. I, I had an extra um, top five list that I did not do during the show today. Oh boy. Of top five villains and you from USF. Oh. And she was number one. She was number one on the list. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but she was up there. She's the worst, but what she did to us and trying to keep us down ended up backfiring, and it's what probably cost them in the end. So, again, she gets what she deserves. There you go. But she's a witch. We all know it. Nice. Um, you want to talk about somebody else on that list that I hated back then, too, just as much? Matt Grothy. Mm. <laughs> the real-life Al Bundy, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's still talking on Twitter about his glory days back in 2007. 2006 when they used to beat us but I mean that's well in the past now they have nothing to gloat about in recent times and this guy I I hated him mostly because he beat us every time (laughs) but 
he's still a jackass to this day. That at least our guys go on to the NFL and have some big time success. We have first round draft picks. They've got basically him and uh, their best player blew his hand off, or at least three of his fingers, whatever it was. <laughs> JPP. So, wow, yeah, <laughs> idiots that go over to uh, South Florida. Well, idiots that attend South Florida too, Mike, because there's this guy on Twitter that I saw earlier today. I'm not going to say his name because I don't even want to talk about it. But he's trying to um, call out that basically uh, the cows are, uh, I guess, better than us. So he's saying that um, the the cows have held the series lead against UCF for um, or have not trailed in the series, I guess, if you look at the technical term of this, for 5,551 days. And he's saying that no matter what happens, even if we win on Saturday and we, we then have the series lead, that we can't have bragging rights till another 5,552 days, meaning we can't have bragging rights till 2036, according to uh, this particular uh, Mensa members math here. So despite the fact that we will actually have the series lead, it's now not enough that we haven't had it for as long as maybe they have. So just their fans. And the the reaches that they will go to try to find something that they think makes sense, and uh, we end up with math that requires us to not have a a lead, even though we have a lead for five thousand and some odd days till twenty thirty six. Just just stupid cow math. They are running out of things. They really are. This, I got to give this guy credit, though. He really was like, ah, what do I got? No, I can't use that. Ah, you know what I'll do? I mean, I'll give the guy credit for some creativity. And uh, I assume his math's right. I didn't check any of this, by the way. This is exactly why we have to beat them by a worse score than 64-12. Because if we don't, then they're always going to just keep bringing that up all the time. You know? So <laughs> we have to win, take the series lead. We have to have the longest winning streak in the series, both done with a win this week. And we have to win by more than 52 points. So we have the largest margin of victory. And then we'll wait till 2036 or whatever to bring this back up to this guy. And there's nothing else he can say. Right? They will have nothing at that point. Yeah. But another thing I hate about the cows, or I guess I love about them, is all, all they do is bring up, hey, we were number two once, right? We were the number two team in the country one time for a week, and then they went on to lose games to Rutgers and UConn. <laughs> and they have not sniffed the – They first of all, they never finished ranked in a season, I don't believe. I, or actually, I take that back. I think 2017 they did, right? Or 16 and 17, I think they finished in the top 25. It's possible. Yeah. Never a top 10, never a top, you know, top finish. They never played in a New Year's Six game. They've never won a conference championship. They've never been to a conference championship game, never having won the division. But yet they were number two once for a week. You know, that's their claim to fame. Uh, I hate to break it then, but Kansas, I think, has been number two before. Or number one. What good does that do? You know, they were there for a week. Um, that's all they're hanging on to now. And the kids that are at the school now, that was 2007. So that is what, 14 years ago? Those kids were about six, seven years old, four years old for freshmen, I guess, when that happens. Uh, soon they'll have nothing. 
soon. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, they broke ground on a, a practice facility that has only had dirt moved around at this point. They're really proud of their locker room that they built that uh, all the players seem to transfer out of. The slime green uniforms that they've been trotting out these days, which I guess they assume looks good and it's a, it's a good look. Obviously, it does not look, look like a good look. For a while, they were wearing the Vieira High School uniforms, which maybe was a good look for them. I don't really know, Mike. But in every conceivable way, the cows just find more ways to, to be cows more and more and more week after week after week. Firing your defensive coordinator, you know, with basically four days left in the season for, uh, you know, to, to have no one, um, you know, I guess, not, I guess maybe that, that, that tells you what that means. Nobody de- uh, coaching their defense is better than somebody. That's how that's how bad that is. That guy probably is the happiest guy in the world. He, just get me out of here and do it before Thanksgiving. I get to spend the holidays with my family at least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, right. still you know get paid or something. That's fair. He probably asked to get the hell out of there. Yeah, that, that um, that's fair. We, we talked about the the beating they gave us in 2007. What is almost as bad and pissed me off almost as much, the 2016 game mm. where they decided to run in that last touchdown when it was completely not necessary. All they had to do was take a knee. Um, that has always bothered me about him, and that's another reason. Gus needs to do something this week to get under their skin. And I'd be happy with it. Go for two every single time. You know, I go for two when we're up by 30, 40 points late in the game. I don't care. Do whatever you got to do. Let's get some of this going back the other way. Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting for that coach to be able to find a way to, to put it on the cows. He, up to your point, had some opportunities, but yeah, we always seem to sort of let the foot off the gas there at the end. Uh, last year's game, while we won, was just kind of a, a head-scratching abomination of stuff. Uh, so does Gus, will he, will he have the horses to be able to do that? Right. Will we have all our healthy contingent guys back. How will that look? But I would absolutely love to see Gus welcome himself to the rivalry, uh, and announce. And I, I kind of think he will, Mike, I know people are asking this question. Obviously when you play in the iron bowl, there's probably not a lot of opportunities just to really, you know, blow somebody out because Alabama is typically a pretty good football team. But I think Gus for has, you know, he's definitely been, you know, pounding his chest about being the future of college football and owning recruiting. I think he'd love to put one on the cows uh, just from the recruiting angle of just showing all the, all the kids, all the coaches, uh, you know, how good a program we is. For some reason, Heupel didn't really seem to give a crap about recruiting and coaches and me being nice to high school kids. Uh, But I feel like that's definitely something that Gus is into. So I think he would probably be inclined to run that thing up just because he wants to be able to use that as a recruiting advantage. Well, he would certainly gain a lot of favor with UCF fans this year. I mean, yes, the injuries are a big thing, but we did not expect to lose four games this year. If we can at least finish this season with a beat down of the cows, and I mean a severe beating, 60-plus points, a 50-plus win, that'll give us a lot of uh, happiness coming into the offseason. It wouldn't really matter what happens in the bowl game. Obviously, you can get hyped up if it's, we're playing a team like Florida State or Florida or Miami. But if we're playing like an NC State or whatever, whatever happens, happens. But to beat down the cows, Gus could really earn a lot of brownie points with the fans going into next year. Speaking of marketing, how about their genius marketing of to play, uh, to be the best, you got to play the best. And they, <laughs> they put out a graphic of all the teams that they're playing that they have summarily lost to since they put that graphic out. Uh, again, another one of their marketing geniuses. Or how about the, the logo change that end up looking like the State Farm logo? 
that uh, required them to have to go back and rechange their life. Whoever's in their marketing department, they held up the uniform shoot this year with like holes in the pants and uh, and other uh, other issues with their the uniform reveal. Uh, it's just I, whoever's running their marketing arm just needs to, I don't know, man, needs to find something else to do. I think we could go on doing this from yeah. now until kickoff. We probably <laughs> could. Tune in tomorrow on the live show. This may be still good. Mike and I are just going to still just keep rolling. You may find us in the exact same spot we're in right now. I got two words for you that will piss you off right away. Yeah. Jim Levitt. Oh, Jim <laughs> Levitt. Yes, Jim the jackass Levitt. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so yeah. much – that's why these look, I mean, uh, you said it off the top, Mike, you throw out the records. I know that sounds cliche, throw out the records in these kind of games, even though the cows are two and nine, uh, obviously you always want to beat down, you know, the team that you consider your rival. And here's the other added sauce for this one. Mike, we don't know how much longer we're going to be playing these guys. Uh, obviously we have a game scheduled against them next year. Uh, but w- after that, we don't know where we're going to be at. Are we going to be able to buy our way out of, or into the big 12, uh, sooner. So, uh, you know, the, the, you, we don't know how many times more we're going to play this team. This could be the last one at home for some time because the cows do not have openings on their schedule for non-conference games. So this could, this could conceivably be the last time for the next, I don't know, 10 years that we welcome the cows to, uh, to Orlando. So yeah, I guess we got to enjoy this rivalry while we still have it because it's going to be on a, another pause for a period of time. This is it. This could be the last one in the balance house for a while. But you never know because BYU has them on the schedule. They may be dropping them out. So maybe we can arrange for a game with them if they're willing. Um, or who knows, maybe down the road in a bowl game. We may get paired up with them as a little nostalgic game one day. But for now, this is it. This year and next year, we get to beat them up one time in Orlando and then one time for good measure next year in Tampa. And we may be done with these green guys for a while, and then we got to find a new rival, I guess, to pick on. What do we do? Wildcat of the week. What are we? What are we doing after that? Uh, we're gonna find some a uh, new big uh, uh, cyclone of the week. I don't know what we're gonna do. We have to come up with something. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Who's gonna be? Who do we go after? That should be a top five. I was thinking about doing that too. The top five new rivals after this. Wow. Well, don't don't waste them all. We have a whole off season of shows that we have to figure out, and we're not going to get lucky this year with coaching changes and all that stuff. Where you know, last year we had just a ton of content just off of uh, what was happening. We're gonna we're gonna be back to the uh, the dull days of the summer, but we still got plenty of time left. It sucks, Mike. Last game of the season, last regular season game. I cannot believe it went by this quickly. It literally feels like we were just playing in the football season. You know, two weeks ago. Here we are, last regular season game i tell you what i tell my family every year i love my family to death don't get me wrong but on on my saturdays or whatever i always tell my family i get 12 of these a year that's it and they come and they go quickly and and this is the last one in the regular season obviously who knows what the bowl game holds mike but i can't believe we're already here man it feels like we just we just started this thing yeah like we were just planning the tailgate for the boise game seems like yeah now this is it last hurrah which, by the way, we're going to be at this game. So we'll do, we bookend the season at Boise. And now both of us are going to be up Boom. there for this game. Yeah. I'll be ready to party, man. Um, I know you're bringing the family. I think I'm flying solo for this one. So ready to hang out, bounce around the tailgate parties. Um, maybe meet some people here for the last time, hand out some flyers, <laughs> and <laughs> enjoy the football game. Yeah. 
It'll be a good time. Obviously, it's a holiday week for us, too, so the live show will be on Wednesday. So whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, that means we're on tonight. If you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, you missed us. Good news is you can always go back and catch the replay either on uh, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, this here podcast feed, or on our website at twonightsmedia.com. But again, this week, Trace, Mike, and I are back. We're live. We'll preview the cows. I think we've got a guy from Tampa coming on, Mike. Uh, so that should be fun. A surprise uh, Tampa guest, which should definitely get some eyebrows raised. Uh, I, I assume Nick Patty's back as always, and uh, maybe some other uh, special wrinkles thrown in. So don't forget to catch us live show or re-catch us if you're listening to this after the live show has already aired. And obviously Mike and I will be back in podcast form next week to recap what I assume will be a nice big victory over the cows uh, and it'll be a lot of fun then we'll get our our eyes pointed towards bowl season and then basketball season so uh, although it's coming to an end we here at the sun's ucf will continue to work hard for you but don't forget to tune in and follow us on everything that we do mike it's going to be uh it's going to be a fun final ride in the bounce house this weekend let's go man i'm pumped up to kick the crap out of the cows it's gonna be cold but it's gonna be fun so let's do it finish the season strong and just await our bowl game uh, opponent. And we will uh, we'll recap all that once it is uh, official. But for now, Mike and I are going to go get uh, all of our flyers in order. And uh, hopefully we catch up with some of you all. The game will be up in the Cabana area. So if you're near there, don't be shy. Come by, say hello. We'd love to meet a few people out there. So uh, hopefully we catch up with everybody. Have a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. Everybody enjoy your times with your friends and family and relax, whatever it is that you do. Thanks for all that you do to uh, support our show here. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Everybody go Knights. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network.